What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Great to be back. Good to have you back. Great to be back. It's been too long since you sat behind that Thanks, microphone. <laughs> Beard all close to it. Oh, yeah. Over there, the pure one, Tim Geddes. Let Tim host. Thanks for that, Nick. Over there, the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Go Islanders. And then right here, the one and only Mike Drucker. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I'm on camera. Everyone knows Mike Drucker, I assume. Everyone. But for the few who yeah. don't, yeah. Mike Drucker has had an illustrious career. Mm -hmm. he, wrote, oh, he wrote for Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Made some of your games you love out there. He wrote Up at Noon for a long time. Yep. Until he was poached by some hack named Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Who took him to late night and right. then took Never him, him. Tonight show. to the Tonight Show. Yeah. Now you write for the Tonight Show. That's right. That's fucking awesome. Thank How you. fucking weird is that? <laughs> it's very weird. It's very weird. There are days when I still, I don't, like there are days when I don't realize that I do that. You know, like when you're like, you're like, oh, all right, I'll go to work. And then you're like, oh, wait, no, I'm doing something really fun. Yeah. Um, It's really fun. It's cool. I'm it's like me every day. Yeah. No, he like, said you uh, never have the realization. Uh, yeah. I imagine Gotta get out of bed at 1030. exactly like working at IGN. <laughs> It's just exactly like, because <laughs> when you were there, so just to, to bring everyone up, Drucker was the one and only, well, I guess Altano wrote a little bit on yeah, it, but yeah. at first you were the only writer. At first I was the only sort of comedy writer. Right, of Up at Noon, and this yeah. was back when we were doing all the start stuff. Yeah. And we brought you in and we were like, cool, you're a writer. Yeah. Take care of the entire thing. <laughs> and then, and this was like a 30 minute show that we, you, you were basically yeah. in charge of writing. Yeah. So I imagine that writing for Jimmy Fallon is exactly the same. You Just you in a room. Just me in a room by right. myself. Jimmy comes in and he's like, right. what do you got for me today? It's just me and you one camera. You pitch him on 80 monologue jokes. Yeah. He does what I used to do, and I, you know, just like mm, totally entitled. Like, <laughs> I don't get any of these because I don't get video games. And Greg's like, no, they're really funny. Right. Um, then Mike Pereira is there, and he's like, these are great. Yeah. yeah. Mike Pereira's like, and then you go, and then you just rinse and repeat the next day. Is that is that pretty accurate? Uh, it's it's almost like because we only did one show a week with 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 a ga uh, game over, Greg. God, we only did one show a week with Up at Noon. And it's almost like everything we did for each week in one day. Jesus Christ. So you know how like we'd be running around and be like, oh, something just happened. We need to do this. And like we'd run around and have a bunch of meetings. That's all condensed every day, Monday through Friday. Right, because it's so topical too, It's right? so topical. So the second something, like how, what's, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I know this is one of the topics. Is, are we starting off with this topic? This was or? the first topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're okay. there. We're in the I'm thick of it. going straight into it. Yeah. So how often do you guys have to do fire drills? How often is it like the show's <laughs> about to happen and then like Donald Trump said something crazy and now it's time to... We not write as, like ten jokes, about not it. as often as you think, because most news because we tape at five p.m. Eastern, and a lot of like crazy news breaks like at seven o'clock. You know, like debates and stuff don't happen until after we're done. Right. Okay. I think the last time that happened was the week before. We're we're on, we're, we're on hiatus right now, but the week before was when Mitt Romney went on TV and like shot down Donald Trump. Then yeah. Donald Trump went on TV and like shot down Mitt Romney. That was the last time we were like watching TV, typing furiously, sending in jokes like joke after joke after joke after joke, just to sort of get on top of that topic. Usually the news is a little bit more easy for us. You know, like we'll have pitches at night that's like, hey, this is what happened tonight. Here's my idea for what we should do. And then in the morning it's like, OK, here's what happened overnight. Here are some new ideas for it. Um, but it's been crazy lately. This election has made our jobs um, a lot of fun, but also really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't make them easier. It didn't make it so easy. much. Well, there's so much. Because there's so fodder. much going on. Yeah. And also, you know, you, you don't want to just repeat the same Donald Trump joke every day. You don't want to repeat the same Mitt Romney joke. Uh, when Mitt Romney talked, like you don't want to just say, I mean, it's fun to call Chris Christie fat, but you can't, you know, only call Chris Christie fat. You can't, you can for a little while. You, a you can do it. For, you can do it a lot. You can do it a lot. But there's a point also when the audience is like, all right, we stop he's saying up he's fat. He's got a glandular problem, right? So a lot of it's like thinking up new issue. angles on stuff and trying to find a way to talk about it. And also, like you know, the audience is like 
you know, very polarized right now. Like, there's people who are insane about Bernie Sanders, and if you make fun of Bernie Sanders, they get upset. Oh, that's a sensitive that get, bunch. Right, that's a, that's sensitive, a bunch. sensitive bunch but, right there. you know, Donald Trump people get upset about it, too. Like, uh, it's such a, all elections are polarizing, but this one's super polarizing. And especially our show, you know, we try to hit both sides just as a matter of course. It's just what Jimmy wants to do is make sure we cover all our bases. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just interesting because sometimes, you know, you'll do a joke about Bernie Sanders and like people on Twitter will be like, oh, you're so conservative. And then you do a joke about Donald Trump. People are like, oh, liberals, classic Hollywood liberals. And you can't win. It'll be the same monologue. And people on two different sides of the aisle will see it two different ways. Mm-hmm. So walk me through like so you guys said you're on a hiatus now. So first of all, how yeah. many weeks a year does Jimmy Fallon film? Uh, uh, we film. I could be wrong, and I don't want to be wrong, but I think it's something like 42 weeks. So maybe we get 10 weeks off, and maybe more, maybe less. Okay. And so what is that? What does that Monday through Friday look like? Like yeah. what you get up. So what time do you get there? What time do you leave? Like what's that whole part? Because it seems like it's a job that is just inherently quite. Yeah, soul sucking. Not in a bad way, but <laughs> time like, consuming. Time consuming. It's time consuming. Yeah. It's not soul sucking. Um, it's it's, it's, soul definitely, sucking. it's definitely no. time consuming. Uh, <laughs> but killing you. I get in relatively early. A lot of people sort of write from home for a while, and then they come in like maybe ten or eleven. There's no hard, hard and fast like punt. You don't have to come in and punch your card. But you know, we have deadlines throughout the day of when pitches are due, when jokes are due, and usually in the morning, like we'll have, you know. If thank you notes are due that day, thank you notes will be due at like 9.30 a.m. or 9 a.m. depending on the day. Then at 11, we have to turn in monologue jokes. And then, you know, our head writer will pick out what he likes and be like, okay, we're going to work on this. Or, okay, we need more on this topic. Or these are the sketches we're going to do. Then at 12.30, there's something called the creative meeting. And that's when big sketches are read. You know, things like if Jimmy's going to dress up as Donald Trump and we need to have hair and makeup ready to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, things that are huge mm-hmm. productions, those will read about 1230 or one o'clock and he approves those or says like, here's the changes I want. And then around one thirty, we have a monologue meeting, which is for smaller stuff, like things that are not huge productions, you know, just Jimmy talking to the camera or a graphic readout that can be edited really easily. And after that, we do what's called a monologue rehearsal at about three thirty, where a group of tourists will come in and watch. You know, Jimmy will just come out and just casually, not casually, but he'll read a rough he's draft a of everything. Sack. He's in a potato sack. Just um, he's he's actually a nine hundred pound man, and then when, <laughs> when we turn on the lights, he's fine. No, um, he just comes out and he reads sort of a rough draft of everything, and then from that, we figure out what's in the final show at five p.m. And then the Sounds next like day we start over. Day. It's a, always a crazy day. Yeah. So five p.m. hits. Five p.m. hits. We're recording. The show's recording. Yes. You immediately shut your computer down and go home. No, we write more jokes and we pitch for the next day. Damn. So what time do you go home? I usually or do leave. you go home? Do they have little cots for you that you? Just I wish roll they over had cots. Sleep? There have been when we've done double tapings. There have been once or twice when we've done like a five o'clock show and an eight o'clock show. Just like you know something's going on or you know for whatever reason Friday's off, but we're gonna do two shows. I've taken an hour and slept under my desk. Just to like get my energy back. Yeah, you have to, I imagine. But I mean, like they're cool about it. Like it's it's a cool job, and like I'm lucky to have it. They're not walking around poking you. Yeah, in they're the not. Giants. No, 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 no. Everyone's super here. cool. Everyone wants to wants it to be a good show. We're all yeah. on the same team. Um, because people always think that it's competitive, and it's not. Like it's really like people trying to help each other out. Um, I uh, usually leave probably six thirty. Okay. Oh, that's not terrible. That how was many, a long how many writers are in the room now? <laughs> um, there's. If you count producers, uh, I think there's something like 18 writers. Wow. But different people do different things. Like there's people who just sort of write like the musical parody type stuff mm-hmm. or at least focus on that. There's some people, you know, whose main focus is stuff like, ew, you know, where Jimmy plays the teen girl. And there's people who do a little more monologue stuff. Everyone's allowed to pitch anything, but there's people who sort of have, you know, specialties. Mm. So when something like um, like lip sync battles happens, right? Yeah. How, how, how far ahead is that thought? 
Is that something Jimmy's like, I, we want to do this. We potentially want to make this a bigger thing. Or was it just like, a, hey, it's hilarious. So we're just going to we're going to do a lip sync battle real quick. It depends. I mean, it could be either. I mean, and a lot of things like lip sync battle and a lot of the games are our segment producers. So those aren't writers who are doing those. Those are producers. Oh, those are actual- job. Like there's a guy at our show who's who has like a ton of toys at his desk. And like you can see him like just trying out different, you know, iterations of different game ideas, trying to figure out things that like. Might That's play what he well tells you. Yeah, yeah. He's mashing. Them <laughs> right. Right. He's also a huge gamer. Like one of the guys who does that, like, is the hugest gamer. Um, but a lot of it, like, it depends. Like, sometimes it'll be like, oh, okay, we're going to schedule this. Sometimes a guest will come in and go, like, I really want to do a lip sync battle. Can we do that? And we're like, of course, you're a movie star. We will do whatever you right, want. You're at the rock. You know? <laughs> right. Or sometimes, like, people will be like, oh, it's been forever since we've done this. Um, any segment can come back for any reason. But there's no hard and fast scheduling. But so you have, like, uh... You have skits where he plays Donald Trump, right? And you need sets for that. Yes. You have like a whole, there's, I mean, it's a whole skit. Yeah. Um, how quickly can can your like art department respond to that? They're amazing. Because that's super like, fast. For instance, I, I saw one where he, it was him and the full the Fuller cast. Yeah. That was, how, how did that, how does that work? How does that come about? They build, they have, uh, especially in 30 Rock, because we're a skyscraper, they have to build it in little segments that they can carry in and out of freight elevators. Really? Oh my God. And it's like, it's a lot of, the crews are often the uh, similar crews with SNL. Like, it's crews that their whole life is building sets and tearing them down as fast as possible. Mm. Like, if our show sounds impressive, SNL, like, you'll see someone ripped. Uh, when when I was an assistant at SNL, like, you'd see, like, the person sort of torn back. And they're stripping them live because they're, like, there's, like, eight costume people just ripping off their clothes, putting on something, putting on a wig, while all these... Uh, crew members are bringing in sets and setting them up. It's that's what they do, but they do it. It's almost like a fire drill. But did that specific skit, like obviously you knew the cast was gonna yeah. was gonna be part. Did that happen before that day, or were you like, you know what, this would be hilarious if we did this? And then three hours later, he's in a wig in a, in a bed talking to Uncle Jesse. <laughs> um, uh, Donald Trump stuff is often like that. Donald Trump stuff is often like, oh, this just happened. Let's do a Donald Trump today. Uh, something like Fuller House, I think, was planned way ahead because they Must have to fly in people. Kind of a promo for the show, up, right? Get things yeah, okay. approved. Stuff that makes like sense. That, that makes yeah. sense. How so, much is it? Oh, sorry. sorry. How much is it? Jimmy's show. Like, so it's yeah. you know he how. Often does he come up with the jokes and the ideas and stuff like that? A lot. He's there every day. He's there for meetings. Like, it's not like, you know, you always hear these old-timey stories of, like, Johnny Carson being, like, you know, 60-something and rolling in at 3 o'clock and handed a script. That's not what we do. You know, uh, for he's he's always there approving or disapproving or making changes. And a lot of times during rehearsals, he'll take something further and make it much better, and then we'll add that in. Mm. So he's very involved in the process. And, you like, I'll see him in the hallway all the time, and I'll see him in meetings, like... I'm not like some shadow he doesn't know. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, oh, hey, Matt, Matt. Good hey, to see Matt. You. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Wait, why does he sound like that? <laughs> <laughs> is that how Jimmy Fallon totally really sounds? And then we mic him and he sounds, and he has a good like, voice and everything. Everyone. Yeah. Wow, it's crazy. What is it like to, because you're a writer, yeah. and, you know, when when I wrote at IGN, for instance, like, we kind of had a scattershot mentality where it was yeah. like, I knew what I was going to write, even if it wasn't the greatest thing I'd ever written, was sure. going to get on the site and people were going to read it. You guys kind of have to funnel all of your ideas and everything to the to this to this kind of one apex where everything kind of is disseminated. You yeah. guys don't have like a lot of options. So how how is it th- to like how does it feel to kind of get yourself on the show? Is it is it a dejected feeling when you don't get something on the show? Do you like experience writer bl- like writer's yeah. block or have good yeah. streaks and bad streaks? I mean, how do you kind of internalize all that kind of stuff and how does that feel? Because I imagine that's a pretty you say it's not competitive and I totally believe, yeah. it, but at the same time, I know you want to contribute. And well, so I'm definitely competitive with myself. Like I want to do well, you know. Um, you know, and there's definitely days when I've had nothing on and you feel bad, and it's not like you feel bad because someone's making you feel bad. You just want to do well. It's it's an endurance challenge. It's a lot like. You know, I've never played sports, but I imagine it's like a sport <laughs> where every day, obviously I've never played sports, but every day you have to come in and, you know, you might have had, you know, like a bad night or you didn't sleep that well or you're sick and you still have to come in and produce ideas and, you know, 
pitch something and try to do your best. Like you can't really have like a fuck it day at mm-hmm. that job just because, you know, if you if you're not going to do the job, there's a ton of people that are willing to do that job. And they're instead. waiting right behind and you. And they're right yeah. behind right. you. And they're on your heels. And to our show's credit, they never say things like that. But in your own head, you sort of know, like, I need to I need well, to come guys, every day and do work. This is an Emmy award winning show for Christ's right, sake. Right, 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 right. Like this is the and this is what we were talking about on the, on the walk home. Like you guys are the top of the mountain. I mean, you guys are sure, the best yeah. show in late night. I mean, there's a lot of good shows in late night. We're also all friends with the other shows. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to get you to talk why? shit, <laughs> but talk. No, but you guys. Right. But I'm saying, as far as visibility goes, as far as visibility, it is, it is one of go, the best yeah. shows yeah. on television. Well, thank you. That's very and nice. And not only that, but but you guys seem to have your finger on the pulse when it comes to online as well. Yeah. Like I'll be honest, I can't stay up that late most right. of the time, and if I do, it's probably because I'm watching porn. So right. most of the time, I have to catch it the next day or whenever it posts on online. And I, it, it, it's just the shit. Your shit's fucking funny, man. Thank you. Guys you. Are good. And a lot how of that's How's the YouTube stuff kind of changed how you write things, or has it at all? It hasn't. Here's the thing: is late night and and sketch shows like SNL, and like our show or Colbert, Seth Meyers. We're all very lucky that late night was built for the internet before the internet was made. You know, uh, other shows it's hard for like sitcoms to get good clips online. You know, you have to have funny moments. But for us, like there's, you could go back and watch Johnny Carson moments or Jack Parr moments mm-hmm. that fit in three minute chunks. Mm-hmm. You know, because we started as short form, we just happen to work for the internet. You know, obviously we try to watch trends and we try to, um, you know, do things that we want to do well on the internet. But we're not chasing, you know, internet stars. We're not like, okay, you know, this person did this, so we're gonna bake fucking cupcakes on the show just to you know, copy someone else. We're just lucky that late night works for the internet. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't trying to do any Let's Plays anytime soon. No, I wish, I wish, I wish. I've, I've done more and more Twitch, but, you know, uh, no. I mean, we'll have tech demos and stuff. I was going to say, I mean, plays. I remember when, that, when Jimmy, when he started doing that, yeah. he was the first person. He did. He, he debuted which one? I don't want to fuck I think Last of Us gameplay, right? Yeah, yeah. Last he of was us. the first yeah, one. He loved Kong, Last of Us, yeah. Country yeah, yeah, yeah. Returns. Yeah. And he plays games. He's Song a gamer. Or whatever. But I also, I remember when he had like Freddie Wong on and things like that. Yeah. That was, that was crazy for me. I'm like, whoa, this guy actually is acknowledging that the internet exists yeah. and there are people on YouTube that have big audiences and he's he's open to that. That's pretty cool. And that's Jimmy. Like Jimmy, you know, he was the first host, I think, at least of that sort of generation. You know, he's relatively young. He's he's, you know, I think forty or forty one. And he kind of like, okay, the internet's important. The internet matters. Right. You know, we need to get, you know, people, we need to put things out there that people want to watch online. That's a huge part of him. Do you find when people when people reference stuff that you work on, are they finding it through mostly the late night portal or are, you, are they finding it online? Um, I think like my dad and my dad's friends usually find it on TV. They're like, oh, I watch it every night. And then like my friends are like, I saw it online or someone mm, posted it on right. Facebook. Sure, sure. That's crazy. Yeah. Brave new world. Yeah. It's yeah. Nuts. But it's, I mean, it's nice. It's nice that it's working. Like it's, you know, we don't have to change. We came in being that way. And you were, who's, who's the showrunner right now? Showrunner is a guy named Josh Lieb. He used to work at The Daily Show. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you guys write the, something I've always never understood when it comes to the late night show stuff is the interviews. Yeah. And especially like seeing when Greg would interview people on yeah. up at noon or whatever. It would be more like Greg prepares, he knows what he's saying, he just kind of like asks a bunch of questions yeah. and then that's just the interview. But when you watch late night interviews, especially when you see like the clips online or whatever, it always kind of seems like there's a story being told. And like it's a joke in itself. Where sure. It's like they always focus on specific things and you can kind of tell that like it almost feels like they planned it before they did the interview yeah. of all right then we're going to get to this point to make this joke or whatever yeah. do you guys write that as well uh we don't write it uh usually what happens and sometimes it changes like the whole Nicole Kidman thing that went viral with Jimmy where she was like I want to go on a date with you and you asked me to play Mario Kart that nobody planned that and that was a huge thing that just she mentioned it and he didn't know that was coming um, a lot of the time, it's not written, but it's there's a group of producers who jo- whose job it is to call up the celebrities and say, okay, what do you want to talk about? Do you have any stories you want to you know put in? Anything? How do you want to talk about your movie or your mm-hmm. book? Um, 
And that way the celebrity or the guest feels comfortable coming in and Jimmy sort of, you know, it's not like word for word written out, but it's like, oh, hey, you went on a trip recently. Why don't you tell us about that? And they cool, have a okay. funny story planned. That makes a lot of sense. Um, rarely is, is anything written word for word. There's been once in a while when like there's been a funny segment we've written for them mm-hmm. that they've said at the table, but it's never like we're never like ghost writing entire interviews. You have I to imagine that the I have to imagine they have to, you know, I mean, they are there as representatives yeah. of product. Right. Yeah. And so it probably behooves them because you usually do the same thing. There's probably a fairly, I mean, I would imagine casual pre-interview process where you yeah. guys are talking and say like, these are what we're going to cover. This is yeah. what's going to happen. Like, and I have to think I'm not going to call out, call it out, but I have to think there's a, there's a whole publicist arm yeah. sitting in the wings going, please talk about this. Please say this. Please right. talk about it this way. Um, so you have yeah. to, you know, you're not just a star that gets to go on these things. I mean, it's, it's, right. although it's an awesome opportunity, I'm sure they do want to do it, but you are kind of an emissary from whatever project you're working on at the time. Right. So you have to be a figurehead for that. And it changes celebrity to celebrity. Some people are like, hey, I just want to come in and do my thing. And it's like, great. And there's some people who are like, I, ha- I want every beat of this planned out. But that's sort of up to them. We want to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Have you who? I don't want to get too nerdyish, but yeah. who's who's sort of like starstruck you a little bit when they walked in? Uh, Weird Al meeting Weird Al. Really, no shit. It freaked me out. Um, because like, here's the thing is like, you, like I, you walk in and like, you know, it's part of the job and you see celebrities and it's cool. Like you see them in the hallway. You're like, Oh my God, there's like Tom Hanks in the hallway and it's cool. But like, it's the people who you feel are just one step away from like something that changed your life a little bit, you know, like, like, and weird out, like as a kid, I just listened to him constantly. So like meeting him and seeing him in person and getting to talk to him just a little bit was amazing. Yeah. Cause I think the first week or two you were there, you were, t- you were tweeting out things like, Hey, just Sitting here watching like Paul McCartney. Yeah, I saw, warm up. I saw, I saw Paul McCartney warm <laughs> up, like, which is also really yeah, cool. That is yeah. awesome. That's one of the coolest things about Fallon specifically is yeah. it's so music focused. Whether yeah. it's the music comedy stuff yeah. or just the, having the Roots as the fucking band. Yeah, it's like get out of here. That you just won right. over everyone else. Right, and I'll see the Roots in the hallway. Like I'm, I'm, you know, like they're my coworkers at yeah. like the Christmas party. <laughs> It's it's very weird. It's very it's weird to be there. But is there are there like stratas? Like, do you talk to everybody, or is it like you know you stick to the writers? And no, you talk to everybody. Okay. You t- you know you you know there's different people who have different schedules. Like a bunch of the roots live in Philly, so they they have their own bus that they come they come in with. So you know it's not like it's at the Google bus, it's right? The, it's but it's kind of bus. like that. It's kind of like that. That's awesome. You know, so it's not like you know uh, we're all sharing the same office where I'm like, oh hey Quest, like they have. <laughs> They're on the other side of the floor, be but at the same time, it was an open floor plan, and everyone everyone just had there. the same thing. <laughs> um, but that said, yeah, there's no walls between people. It's not like if I, you know, if I talk to Tariq, I'm going to get in trouble for it. Mm. So, like Jimmy doesn't have a thing where you can't look him in the eye or something. No, there's like that. nothing like that. There's you can't like, like, like if that. you touch him, you're fi- you're immediately fired, and they kill no, you. No, no, you're like you just disappear he somewhere is, between thirty and like the floor one. You're just he's like six foot three though. So whenever I'm like, yeah, he's very tall. That's yeah, which is yeah. I hate working with incredibly tall, egotistical people. He's oh, not I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I threw that last part. I was just putting that out there. I love you, Greg. I love you too. I love you. But he's very tall. But then we'll have Shaq on, and Shaq will be like seven foot, <laughs> fucking nine or something. Oh, then you're like, well, yeah. I did walk in in the bathroom on Mike Tyson once, which was fun. Awesome. Yeah. What, what happened? What were you doing? Yeah. I just, I just, I literally went, oh, and then like went out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, <laughs> you're here. I get that all the time. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> like, it's not like I wasn't allowed to be in the bathroom. I was just so surprised that Mike Tyson was peeing that I was like, oh, okay. That's awesome. Um, yeah, man. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing, it's crazy. So the question I have is more about you, Mr. Trucker. Yes, like, sir. was this always the goal? Like when you came like 
when you came to write for Up at Noon, yeah. it was like, oh, cool, we're finally putting money into like this project. Right, right, or, right. Not finally, I guess. We're putting money into this project. Right. We're taking it seriously. We're bringing in a real comedian, a real writer. Yeah. But I never, like, even when I met you, I remember interviewing you, and we went and ate waffles and watched right. the pilot at my desk. Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't like I got the sense that like you were always on this trajectory to get there. No, no, I definitely wasn't. Um, The way it happened was I, uh, when I was at IGN, I did a comedy festival called the Montreal Comedy Festival. And I was something called a new face of comedy, which is supposed they have like 20 or 30 people that are supposed to be like the new generation every year. Yeah, I was one of them, which is very nice. And so a bunch of people from Fallon saw me there. And then it was also the 2012 election. And I was doing a lot of jokes on Twitter about that. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be people saw me there and said I was funny. Uh, people were seeing my tweets and two writers were leaving for other projects. They were just like they had been there a bunch of years and they were ready to move on. And so I was contacted and they were like, would you be interested in applying for this? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a shot. And then I applied and I got the job. So when you went off and started like, cause I guess explain to me when in your life you decide you want to be a comedian. Cause even Nintendo is an interesting pick, but you're yeah. a writer there, but you're making jokes. Right. Like, how does this path start? I always liked comedy a lot. I didn't know I wanted to be a comedian. I thought I was going to be in high school. I wanted to be a computer programmer. I wanted to program video games. You? Yeah. And I was terrible at, well, (laughs) I went to a high school that had a technology program, but it was so underfunded and our programming teacher just didn't show up sometimes. And so we just played Unreal Tournament all nice. like for two years, <laughs> nice. which is great. But I didn't learn anything about programming. Got good like Unreal, though. we even took AP programming and literally everyone just walked out. Like we opened the book and we were like, we don't know this. And we just left. And in Florida, they were paying for it for you. So you weren't losing money on it. Um, and so I wanted to be a writer for a while after that. I was like, if I can't program, maybe I'll be a writer. I didn't know how to do that. So I went to NYU and became an English major. And then around my junior year, people were always like, oh, you should try comedy. You should do it. It's fun. Mm. And so I tried it and I stuck with it. So walk me through the first time when you had the balls to actually get on stage and do and do uh, it, uh, stand up. Because you're still doing stand up. I'm still doing stand up. You're quite an accomplished. He's killing it across the country yeah. every night. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Louis C.K. says he doesn't want to follow you ever. Louis C.K., he followed me once on a show at Whiplash at UCB in New York, and it was terrifying. Because <laughs> uh, he was, because uh, there's a theater called Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which is like a sort of, they say it's an indie theater, but it's like a huge improv theater. Yeah. It's sort of like the, the equivalent of Second City in New York. Yeah, it's like the Groundlings. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, they have a show called Whiplash, uh, which is now hosted by Aparna. We were talking about Aparna. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went up and I had a good set. And then I came out and Louis was up after me. And he's like, hey, good job, man. I was like, all right. And I just said no words. And I just ran away. He's like, God, that I was so nervous. I was so nervous. Because that show is like a drop-in show. It's like a show where like, you know, they'll schedule like mid-level people like myself. And then like high-level people like Louis or Aziz Ansari will just like drop in. And just stop in. Fucking get on stage. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, at what point did you do, were you like, stand up? Terrifying. I'll do it. Um, I just wanted to do it. It was, you know, it's the same with writing where you're like, I'm maybe I'll suck at it, but at least I can say I tried doing it. Sure. And I knew that I sucked versus being the asshole who's like the funny guy in the office who's like, yeah, I could have done comedy. I didn't really feel like it. Right. I would I would rather fail and know that I tried than never try. So how long did you have to do it before you were like, I'm actually pretty OK at this. I can hold my own. Uh, Four or five years. Yeah. You know, you get like little boosts of confidence, like you'll have one set that goes well. And it's like every time you think that you're about to be not done doing it, like you'll quit. But you think you're like, this is the best I'll ever be. And I'm great at it. And then you'll suck for a while and you'll be like, I can't do this. Then you'll rise back up a little better than before. And then you'll be like, I'm the best at this. Then you'll suck again. And it's sort of going up and down in waves. It's just your job to make sure that the up waves are better than they were before. Mm. That seems like a lot of pressure. It's yeah. a lot of pressure, but, you know, it's also paid off. <laughs> 
And it's just a thing where the longer, it's like writing, the longer you do it, the better you get at it just by doing it. And the key isn't that to know anybody, it's just to not quit. Like we all know people who are more talented than us that quit doing what they're doing. And then we got to get those jobs because they stopped doing it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So then you, when you get poached by this Fallon guy yeah. and basically sink up at noon single-handedly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You were going to do just <laughs> another show kept going. You kept going. Years. Two kept, years. Yeah. Still, it's still going. <laughs> oh, good point. Still going. Still yeah. going. The show that I sunk. Uh, you go, but you're going just to do the late show with him. Yeah. It's not the Tonight late Show. Night, yeah, Did yeah. they ever tip their hand that that's what it was going to be, or like? Um, a f- maybe four months into it, they were like, "We might become the Tonight Show." Um, but the way they said it, sort of said it was like, "We're not sure. This looks yeah, yeah. like it could happen." And at the time, I was like, "All right, well, I'm still trying to figure out if I can do this job." Right. You know, I was still, you know, worried that every 13 weeks I'd get laid off. Not because that they were doing that to people, but that's how our contracts work. Oh, really? You get 13 weeks? 13 weeks. Interesting. Which is standard for late night. Still terrifying. Still terrifying. Yeah. Um, and then towards the middle of the year, they're like, "No, we're definitely becoming the Tonight Show." And we're like, "Oh crap!" And we had all these meetings about what we do, and then we had to switch studios while they renovated our main studio. And but my desk stayed the same. Like, <laughs> like I I got a new contract, but I think I was basically paid the same. It just had like a different show title on it. Sure, yeah, That's hilarious. Yeah, How yeah, much yeah. did the job actually change then? Not much. Um, we, you know, it's a little more like at the start of it. I think they were more like, hey, everybody, like I know we know you're working your hardest, but just try to be sure you're working your hardest because we want to, you know, this to do well. But everyone's job description stayed the same. You know, we all tried to put in a little more effort i guess mm-hmm. just to make sure we were doing well but nothing really changed did this so the style didn't change at all Style didn't really there... change the staff didn't change my desk is the same um everything pretty much stayed the same which i think is good mm-hmm. i think uh i think that nbc liked jimmy at late night and they wanted jimmy at the tonight show and if we had a ch- if we had changed we would have been ruining the reason that we got the tonight show mm. god that was a crazy time though that yeah. must have been a very stressful time for for jimmy as well because there was a lot of speculation it was super stressful and leno was like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll quit. Maybe I won't. Yeah, he was he was supportive know. of it, which was nice. That's cool. So, you know, we were able to. He had a good run. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That means run. back here on the sidelines, watching you soar into space like the shooting star soar you are. Soar into space. That was the crazy thing. Is like it was like mind boggling <laughs> that somehow. Because I remember the joke always was that you were talking about in your interview. Yeah. That they talked about the. Um, Duck hunt bit you yeah. and Brian did. Yeah. It's like, you know, like Jimmy had seen that. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy like, likes I can't games. believe Jimmy watched this crappy show we do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then it, so it was crazy that you're going to work for Jimmy Fallon on this late night show or yeah. whatever. And then it became the Tonight Show. Yeah. And we were all like, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, Lean, you know, but you have that pedigree though. You came from SNL as well. I came from SNL. I was an assistant crazy. who was writing update jokes and getting update jokes on. So. And doing and I wrote for the ESPYs with Seth. So, so you, and you were working directly under Seth Meyers. Yeah, there. Yeah. So I mean, it's like I mean, I think the most important thing is that you're really funny on Twitter. Yeah. Thank, thank you very you're, much. Yeah. Everyone yeah. should follow him at Mike Drucker. Thank you guys. Every, at Mike Drucker. Every single time there's an award show on, like the Academy Awards, I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna live tweet and I'm just gonna say the first thing that comes, and then I get caught up with his fucking Twitter. Yeah. And I just keep reading it and I'm like, ooh, I forgot. Oh well. Yeah. It's it's fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. I you just bomb, you, they just come in like these waves. Well, that's yeah. the thing. And I just even keep ready for the next the, wave. Even without like the actual timely stuff, like usually you'll post a joke and then you'll post another one and then another one. Like yeah. three just back to back, totally unrelated things. I'm like, fuck, these are all funny. Yeah. And I, I just think it's cool because it's like 
it, I just have this vision of you just kind of like just cranking shit out. Just like, yeah. Yeah, that's that what I like to funny. do. Now here's some more funny. I'm like, yeah. And it's fun for me. I like I like writing jokes. Sometimes I do have this desire to call you and just ask if you're doing okay. Yeah, no, sometimes sometimes I'll also be like drunk that. and depressed on Twitter and just start spouting out crazy stuff. But I like that. I like building that persona out there too. It's there. Right. The depressed comedian. <laughs> the depressed comedian. I like, well, because, you know, because I want to be able to do myself. And the nice thing about Twitter, too, is like for The Tonight Show, I'm writing in Jimmy's voice. And Twitter is me writing in my voice. Right. You know, and the two aren't the same voice. You know, and it's nice to be able to like, you know, I get to do music for one band, but then I get to do music for this band. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a way for me to. And it's not like a stress relief thing. It's just like, a, OK, I have a funny idea, but it's it wouldn't work over here. So mm. are you concerned at all or do you like how do you? How do you partition it all out? Because when you're when you're ranting on these jokes on yeah. Twitter, some of which are hilarious, yeah. it could be really, really funny bits. Yeah. When you go to do stand-up, yeah. do you keep some oh, back sure. a little bit? You're like, well, you know what? I'm not going to put that out because that's hilarious and I kind of want to develop that. Or No, I, you know, I've turned Twitter stuff into stand-up. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about that. You know, if someone... Like, I don't like being so stolen like, you from... You said that on Twitter eight months right, ago. Right, no, 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 no. I mean, there's stand-up from, like, four years ago that I still do. Stand-up's a little more like of a, like, a building a performance. Like, a you know, not a one-man show, which sounds shitty. But, like, just sort of building a performance and things and a library of things and a way you, you act it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but are you concerned that someone else would come around and be like, that's a really funny joke, I'm going to steal it? It's happened, you know, but it's, it's something that you call that person out, then you just keep writing. You know, you sort of build two defenses. You build a wall of content that you make yourself, and then you go, all right, fuck you, I'm going to go after you. And it's not like I'm going to sue you, but I'm going to make sure that I, you know I know that you stole that. Right, and everyone knows that you stole right. it. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you about that, because that seems to be kind of in the zeitgeist right now with, yeah. with comedy, with, uh, what's that guy, the, uh, the guy with the, on Instagram. The fat Jewish. The fat, oh, the fat Jewish, Jewish, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, uh, the fat and, Jewish. And, I hate that dude. And, and like, and, but, but you see that a lot with people stealing jokes. I, mean, yeah. I remember even back in the day, Seth Rogen taking right. the stage and accusing. Um, uh, Damien. Carlos Mencia. Yeah, Mencia. Like, like, yeah. Oh, I mean, who did I say? Seth Rogen. Yeah, Joe Rogen. I think I knew who you meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, Joe Rogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like doing it on stage, like very confrontational sort of way. So I mean, obviously this is probably going on for decades, I'm sure. But Mencia was a big offender. But yeah, but what, like, what is that? What is that like as a comedian? Like, because I do think it's kind of taken lightly. Like, oh, the meme was stolen, and it's it's you know, but like no one would steal like if you steal a chord, you know, a chord progression from a band or whatever. Like people are gonna call you out for that. So I. What is it like? Why is there an exception? Or seemingly people want to make an exception for a joke, but it's it's just as much thought and talent. Well, to it's make different, it. you know, like then like a chord pro- progression. Like it might be something like, oh, like we had similar ideas, and like or someone like heard an idea I said, and they like wrote a joke on a similar concept, like you know, on like dating or something. And that's that's harder, you know, to go after. But it's sort of like you know when Vanilla Ice stole the beat of Under Pressure, you know, then you're stealing a whole beat that goes to something. And that's more of what joke stealing is like. It's like, okay, well, maybe you rewrote it or you had it your own way, but you also took this whole chunk of it. And there is also a difference between like, oh, we had the same idea. Did you take my idea? And, oh, that's word for word for word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Schumer's a, Schumer had some problem with that Yeah, the last couple, like two or three weeks ago. I don't think Schumer still – I think, I mean, some of those jokes are jokes that you, you're like, I think a lot of people could have come to that. Yeah, and, and, and that's where the speculation comes in. Right. right? When you're writing a variety show, yes. you're doing skits, it's like, how hard is it to pull right. that someone would do a skit that revolves around a club and that revolves around, like, you know, I, I mean, I, well, I, I, like, I don't know any specific examples. There was one it, guy but. who went after Conan and he was like, he was like, he stole my jokes. I tweeted this and Conan did this. And you saw the jokes and you're like, yeah, we, we did the same joke because you'll sometimes hear a topic, especially for monologue. And it's not like, oh, this is lazy, this is a joke. But like, sometimes you just land on the same There's joke. There's easy answers. There was yeah. one time when four monologue writers, including myself, uh, uh, or four writers writing for the monologue wrote the almost the exact same joke about Hillary Clinton 
and it was like a joke involving Bill Clinton. It wasn't even a great joke, but we all like, like we're all like, oh man, I can't believe my joke made it. And they're like, no, that's mine. It's mine. And he just, all four of us happened to land on the same idea that's at the same time. That's fucking hilarious. And that happens too. Sure. Well, especially since you guys are all like, you have to be experts on what's happening in the world. Right, right, right. right. So your job is to stay up on politics, on current yeah. events, on pop culture. And that's always probably sitting there cranking in the back of your mind. Of like, yeah. that's funny. That's funny. Oh, that, right. boom. Yeah. That's it. And that's there. And you have to imagine that everyone's as hungry as you are to get something on the show. Of course. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine it. It's hard because it's it's hard just to even when you're doing when you're talking in a in a podcast setting, right, yeah. and you say something, and then you realize twenty minutes later, you're like, did I make that up, or was that a move? That was that something from a movie yeah. I saw in the eighties? Yeah. It's know? always the answer for you. Usually the eighties, yeah. because I'm completely. <laughs> I don't think you've ever said something everything. that wasn't somehow a quote from an eighties movie. That's probably true. It's yeah. usually just Caddyshack. Yeah, um, man, that's nuts though. That's gonna be hard. Yeah. So then, Drunk, what's the future for you? I don't know yet. Um, I, I'm doing a podcast now called How to Be a Person, plugging it. Kevin, put uh, it up. Put it up. Put it up with a Tonight Show writer named Jess Dweck, and we Greg's been on it. I have Greg been. was great on it. We teach people how to do human things because we're both social cripples. Can I? Oh, I see. That's the joke. I was going to say, if you want to do a show called How to Be a Human and your first guest was Greg, you're a little off. He talked about like how to, to like that. start a web business. Okay, cool. So we sort of, yeah. He, I was like, he get, understands I was that. like get Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Nick will do all the adult things for you. Um, um, but we've had people like how to make friends or how to travel alone or like, you know, my brother did how to live abroad because he's lived in different That's countries. Cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And then we're doing another podcast for Earwolf with a Daily Show writer named Trayvon Free about Hamilton. So we're doing a whole podcast about the musical Hamilton, You're which I never thought I would do. An entire podcast about the about musical, the musical Ham- Hamilton. That's this has been a trend recently where yeah. people do podcasts just about based on something very, 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 yeah. Yeah. very specific. And it's like, I, I just. Well, it's nice because you, you can do it because you can do a finite number of episodes. You know what I mean? Like with How to Be a Person, it's just an ongoing project. But with Hamilton, we're like, oh, we'll do this for a while. And then we when we're done, we're done. Mm. And we can just have done a nice project. Makes um, sense. And Hamilton's also great. I don't know if you guys have listened to it. Listen to it on Spotify. I get no money from saying this. <laughs> Colin should listen to it. Listen to Hamilton. No, y- now you see, you've given us money. You're you're a big supporter of us on yeah. Patreon.com oh, yeah. slash kind of funny. You're, you're goddamn right I am. To do a topic <laughs> where Colin has to listen and review Hamilton. Yeah. That's, I will. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a treat for all of us involved. Indeed. Yeah, Drucker's topics are the are the best. Oh, thank you very yeah, much. You, yeah, for some reason people know you've done you you're the one who submitted Heartthrob for us. Yeah, Heartthrob. We're, we're behind the NES music yeah. quiz. Yeah. Yeah, you, you made me have another coming embarrassing one hair that's video. That's gonna be amazing. <laughs> well, so because hints. I know you guys. Like, I don't. Not yeah, like course. I don't want to know about your lives, but I know about your lives yeah. from having worked with you. Like, I'm not gonna be like, hey, Nick, what's marriage like? I got divorced. I know what marriage is like. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair you enough. know, I want you, I want to put you guys under high pressure challenges that ruin you. <laughs> so, in other, in other words, you want to embarrass the shit. I want out to of embarrass us, yeah. you in friendly ways. I just when when those topics were read, I just imagined you way on the East Coast. Cut to like maybe a day or two earlier and just hitting enter on that. Yeah. And just laughing your ass off yeah, like yeah, maniacally yeah. and then going and doing whatever the fuck you exactly. want. Exactly. Because you're a baller. I love how you like a day or two earlier. A day you or have two. no idea how our Patreon system works. <laughs> 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 We're still like calling through six months of Drucker That's topic. fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Because if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Game Over Greggy show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather around this table. Oh. Each bring a random topic of discussion <laughs> for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where you can get the shows early along with exclusive access perks and episodes. If you have no bucks to toss us, though, you can go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny, see the show put up topic by topic, day by day, until the entire thing posts as one big MP3 and video. Tim. Yes. What's your topic? So last week, we went down to Austin, Texas. Sorry. And it was awesome. It was good. You, you weren't there. I no, wish I you wasn't there. there. That's you okay. would have enjoyed it. it been, it been have a you lot ever of been fun. to Austin, Texas? I have. I like Austin. Yes, you do. Um, 
And I wanted to talk kind of about what we did. We went down to see Rooster Teeth. We right. did a lot of collaborations and stuff. And I want to talk about that experience that we had from everyone's perspective, specifically Nick and Colin. Because me and you, we've been there before. We've seen, bro. You know, we, you know, we're pounding, bro. It ain't our first time. We know how that that all goes. But Colin, someone not really familiar with Rooster Teeth's content, and Nick, someone who you know likes making movies and likes the whole production stuff, but hasn't mm-hmm. seen their studio and stuff. Right. I kind of want to hear what you guys is experience was there. Uh, it was cool. It was interesting seeing how they operate because, in many ways, it's actually like you like to think about what anyone's doing on the internet as cutting edge. But when you actually start breaking it down, what they're doing is very similar to how Hollywood sort of started, which was that you have a lot of people who have a distribution outlet who are then going to get talent underneath them and then start cranking out awesome stuff. And in that regard, it's 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 really trippy to see because my my understanding is like if you want to make a movie, you have there's so many moving parts. You have to find the financier, you have to develop the project, you have to get talent involved, you have to figure out who's going to direct, who's going to edit, who's going to shoot it. They want to do something, and it's all in house. It's fucking crazy. And walking in, seeing the fact that they take up like four airplane hangars full of production, they have their own animation division, they have their own live action, their own broadcast division, all these things. They can do anything they want, and it's trippy. And they have makeup people. And that I think is the sign of when you've actually made it big. Well, they you have can actually people. hire makeup people. I mean, so put makeup on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Kevin put makeup on me, uh, you know what? I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I feel like you're really the prettiest though. Like you need the least makeup. Kevin's not very coordinated though. He doesn't. He doesn't break anything. But I just feel like if you were to put makeup, on me, put makeup on me, I would look a little like the cr- a cross between a clown and a prostitute. I used to work at a lotion place. You did work. You worked at the Loxaton. Yeah, and that's and, right. Uh, for one Valentine. I took a whole day to learn how to apply makeup on someone. And you're just now telling me this. We've had you in our employ for an entire (laughs) year. And you could have done my makeup every day that I walked through the door. Shame on you. Shame on you, Kevin. So so Rooster Teeth has had a makeup. (laughs) Getting back on topic. They've had a makeup person forever. Like that like that to me is not the mind blowing thing. Like to me what's mind blowing is well, that, no, but I mean that. I mean that, that's cool. That like to you that that is and that right. is a big deal. But like to me, what's a big deal is they now have a whole building for sets just to build yeah, sets. I mean, yeah. they have their own art. They, I mean, it's it's crazy. They have their own art department. They have their own production designer. That they keep on set wardrobe. On, like, or no, it's not on set. Excuse me, on staff. So that's what's crazy to me is you look like when I think of all the things that I want to accomplish with this company, and you go and you see a company out there that's doing it. It's very inspirational, and that's what yeah. I took away from that was that. There are a group of people that, by and large, if you would go to Hollywood and ask to be able to do these things, people would shut you down. There were so many gatekeepers to that success. They don't care, and they do it anyway. And they just and they and they figured out a way to make it work. And that's what I think is the most impressive thing is that like, like we walked in and it was a fully functioning studio. Yeah, like similar to like probably on a much smaller scale, but similar to what they they do uh, on the Tonight Show, which is like. There is a whole division of the company that does the set. When an idea happens, boom, that set designer's there, that production designer's there. They, they put it together, they wheel it into the studio, and they're ready to rock and roll. Um, and I just find it so fascinating that they've got this ecosystem there where creative ideas can just kind of flow quickly, yeah. quickly. From top to bottom, too. Yeah. I think that's the most interesting thing is like they can do every, they can make an entire movie just using what they have and then get it out there without having to rely on other people and not even just movies. They can do podcasts, they can do live streams, they can do gameplay stuff, they can do animation, all just using what they have, you know, and they yeah. can use, you know, use outside resources and talent and stuff, but they already, 
have the whole foundation. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it reminds me on a micro scale of like a Disney, right? What Disney has, yeah. like they're very, it's a very multifaceted company with very, with, with just anything you want to do that has anything to do with production, whether it be animation, uh, live action, TV, internet, music, whatever it is, they've got that in house or mm-hmm. they can develop that very, very quickly and get it out. It's weird. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that we could potentially be on a scale like that one day. Yeah. Just and it's also run by children. Everyone, everyone like seems to me that they're so young that I'm like, I don't understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? And they're like, Yes, I'm 24. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Like, <laughs> I own a house. Right. I'm like, Fuck. Yeah. That's right. You're oh, Austin. They also live in a place that's easier to own a house. That's true. But like, still. Um, yeah. But that was my perception. It was awesome. It was awesome that we got to go down there, and it was great seeing. Also, um, you know, because up until this point, the only people that I have consistently uh, generated content content with has been you guys and IGN. And so seeing how Rooster Teeth does it and going down there and getting to do some stuff with Achievement Hunter and getting to be on some of their other shows and just seeing the the, the different vibe and how they make content, which is fun. It's good to and it keeps you sharp, too. because You're like, oh, wait, these guys are like, all right, these, guys, these guys are doing shit. A man. Whole I got to get stuff. my fucking game face. Something on. people keep asking us for is a list of all the stuff that we did while we were down there. So, Kevin, I'm going to get you links, but can you make sure that they're put in the description? Um, we did about 10 different maybe no, not 10, maybe like six or seven Let's Plays with Achievement Hunter. Yeah, Those are not live yet. I don't know when those are going live, so there won't be links for Michael's those. just going to delete them because I'm uh, too good in them. And they were good. Like they, were, good. they were good Let's Plays. Yeah. I think the best Let's Plays we've ever been a part of because sure. they were like really fun. Um, I was on Off Topic, which is the Achievement Hunter podcast, and that was awesome. Greg was on The Patch, which is their general gaming podcast. You were the, on that with who? I was on that with Gus and Meg. Yeah, and cool. Ryan, I guess too. Yeah, because we did the book club too, where it's where I get Harry. Because I did the the their book club for Life is Strange afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then you and Greg and Nick were on on the spot, on the spot which right. is their their game show. They're kind of like improv comedy game show, right? And that I think is the funniest thing, kind of funny, he's ever had to be a part of. Like that was a blast. Are you familiar with this the show that they do? No, all? I haven't seen. I mean, I know Rooster Teeth. I haven't seen this though. Right. They, they, I mean, this is the crazy thing: is you walk in and they're like, "Okay, you're gonna do this, 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 this." I'm like, "How many fucking shows do you guys right. do? This is insane. How do you keep it all straight?" And they have they figured out. But one of the shows that I got to be on was on the spot, which is basically like a it's a game show, but it's largely predicated on improv and kind oh, of like cool. a longer form game show. And it was a blast. Oh, that sounds fun. It was just super fun. You'd be great on it. If you're actually. watching Rooster Teeth. Mike Drucker at Twitter. Oh yeah, he's even great. That would be oh, fucking be awesome on it. It's actually so like good. At, at Mike Drucker at on Mike, Twitter. Whatever, whatever, Greg. That show would have made me really nervous. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Rooster Teeth tweets at Twitter. <laughs> I want Mike Drucker. <laughs> like what? They pitted um, like, uh, Nick it. versus Greg, which I thought was awesome because I thought you guys were going to be on a team together. Well, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah. And uh, so they pitted them against each other. So it was Nick with Barbara and then Greg with Blaine. And I was just like, man, this is going to be fucking no, your dicks on somebody who we did find out yeah there was did I take my dicks. shirt off you got damn right of course you did. did yeah no question about that <laughs> had to keep the street going uh yeah that was actually really fun because at first i'm like this we have a good camaraderie no matter what but you being antagonistic against me is always when we're at our best right yeah i think definitely because you know exactly what to say to set me up for something and that was and i and i know what not to say there's yeah. a few things where I was like, no, that's too far. I was telling Blaine, I'm like, I yeah. got a great one now. Nah. Because we were like doing team names and shit. I'm like, no, that's too far. I can't do that. And then we also did, Colin did one no news update video. I did one no news update video. And I think that's it. Those were fascinating. 
Because yeah. when they, I was there when Ashley was like, hey, because you were the first one, can you do the no video? And you're like, yeah. And I was going to yell stuff from off the camera. I'm like, okay. Then we went over there and they went on so long. And I was like, oh, this is so much different than what I thought it was. Yep. I thought this was an IGN news break where you pop up for 10 seconds, right. say your paragraph, and you're out. Yeah. And it was instead I was not like, prepared for that here's at all. what the story is. It's substantive. Here's yeah. all the history on it. <laughs> right. Here's all this more information. And I was like, damn, that's cool. That's a yeah. lot. That's a deep dive that I was not expecting. Yep. Not at all. And we also, we recorded lines with a, a bunch of Rooster people for kind of the animated series oh yes so that was really exciting which i'm gonna hit drucker up after this he's gonna probably i'm gonna make him do lines too yeah please we're gonna, we're gonna do you, lines you don't together. have to make drucker do lines <laughs> drucker and i've done lines gladly. many yeah. many times them. together but usually in new york at three o'clock <laughs> wait what are we talking about cocaine yeah <laughs> i do cocaine i do not i wish i would not have this body if i did i, I, would, I would not be, be able so to do thin. it I would be. I would just be worried about. All I'm the not money ex- I was suggesting spending. that for anyone. Put a warning on the screen. Don't do cocaine. <laughs> I say it all the time. They don't so, listen. Am I allowed to tell people cocaine. to put things on the screen? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. I don't know how to Kevin. do that. Someone put it on the screen. He's my child. Yeah. Someone do something with the screen <laughs> at some point. Uh, Colin, what all? did you think of it? I think that was all. That was all the right? shows. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. What did you say? What did you think of it? Um. So I think that I was impressed. I thought it was really interesting. Sorry. Yeah. Where did he? Where did he? Um. So. I think one of the weird things that people or like kind of one of the kind of the strange things about me, I think, in being in this industry for so long is that like I'm just not a consumer of games media at all. Like I, I, I just I've always been a voracious consumer of games right. and game culture, but I don't listen to a single gaming podcast. That I never have. I don't listen. to I don't watch any YouTube videos. I've never seen a Let's Play like before we started doing them. Like I just don't really care. And like I think that that's like that's not how I enjoy gaming. Right. And so I always thought like one of the w- interesting things that I think surprisingly worked from the outside is that I brought in different perspectives of what I thought these things should look like. So when we did podcast beyond, I just did podcast beyond thinking this is the way a PlayStation podcast goes or a video game podcast goes, not really knowing what a video game podcast was. And lo and behold, podcast beyond was huge. And then we do the same thing with games cast and with PS. I love you, which are both huge as well. So I think that works because I bring in a perspective. Like I'm more of a consumer of like sports miscellaneous and like politics and academia, like, and like, what are they doing and what, how can we bring that into games? So I say that just to to set the stage similar to our games trailers and with Brandon Jones, where like, like where I was like, I just don't know this stuff at all. So I'm going to sit back and listen and learn about this because I really don't know what this guy did and like what these guys did and, and how they made success. So the same thing was with Rooster Teeth, where I was like, well, I, I know these guys exist. I've not watched a single one of their shows. I know these names and stuff like that, like Achievement Hunter and Funhouse and stuff, but I just don't, I'm not familiar with it. It's just not my thing. And uh what I learned was that, you know, first of all, these guys, are, this is a huge company, 162 employees, um, which is amazing. And uh, As of last week, I yeah. could have gotten like 20 more. <laughs> right. yeah. They're growing like crazy. And right what I learned was that like there's just a there is a uh, there's so I tweeted about this and the rooster actually retweeted, it, which I thought was cool, which is to say, like, it shows how humble our little operation is and how our ceiling can be very high as well. Um, and it's exciting. It was exciting and interesting and kind of thought provoking and educational to be there and see how these guys that like live and breathe this stuff within the bounds of this industry, as opposed to kind of like existing in it in the way I exist in it, which is more of like, uh, I love games. I play games. I know games. I'll put my gaming knowledge against anyone's, but I just don't consume games, peripheral games media the way other people do as opposed to these guys, which are, are kind of setting the trends of what games media is and doing all these kinds of things. And I was very impressed, you know, like, uh, like I never want our company to look like theirs simply because they're way too big, like way bigger than I'd ever want to be. And they, and they do like a lot of stuff that is, is peripheral, like, even more to like what we do. So like they, like, I didn't even know what Ruby was until like, I've seen that before. I didn't even know how to say it. RWBY, right. whatever. Like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but, but like, you know, th- that's like their, that's like, 
a part of their bread and butter, man. Like now, like they have a fucking shit ton of animators just working on that series. Yeah. I had no idea it was even an anime. I, I like we even, <laughs> even when even when they said it, I was like, all right, so Ruby's like this little cute cartoon they do. I guess it's really popular. And then I was like, it's an anime. Like, that's yeah. interesting. Okay, but, so like, and and you know, they do these like shows. Like I thought the um million dollar butt, like that's like fucking funny, I'll man. A million dollar butt. I was like, that's a really funny. Yeah. That's a really funny idea, you know, or mm -hmm. um. Uh, you know, even knowing names and knowing faces like uh, Meg uh, Turney. Turney, like I knew that name, but I didn't even know she worked there. Like yeah. it was like it was like fun. So like I just I'm very ignorant about a lot of this shit. And it was cool to just be quite enthralled with listening to that. I didn't do much talking when I was there. I just like listened and, and took it in and, and tried to learn a thing or two and tried to see how these guys that are just way better than we are doing this and way more experienced and way more seasoned what they could teach us and, and, and uh, you know, what we can kind of garner from them to make our operation better and stuff. So as much as I think one of the great strengths of kind of funny and from my perspective is bringing in outside influences, Colin and Greg live as of course is always a great example of that, which is not inspired at all by anything getting like game, gaming has ever done. Um, at the same time, these guys have their own ideas on the flip side that are quite ingenious for being within the realm of gaming. And I thought it was, I thought it was fun to 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 learn, and I thought that they were also super nice people, super down to earth people. I had not met. I I know I know Bernie and a few of the other people there. Obviously, we know Ashley because we worked with her, but you know, I didn't I didn't know these people. And I always thought they were quite friendly, quite accommodating, quite hospitable, um, quite successful, quite good looking too. Quite That's good looking. Thing that, that overall, I guess. So despite from being, it's, it, it, yeah, you're good looking though, Nick. Yeah, but here's the deal: you walk around show there, the and it's all. I'm not going to show, show me the ice cream, Scooby. <laughs> you're just a, you're just uh, and I, watch this Jugger, watch him flex flex it Jesus Christ look at him look at my baby boy oh yeah you hate being asked that so much don't make me show my muscles but I, I, I do want to say this real quick uh, talking about achievement hunter specifically I didn't I didn't know I knew these guys were very obviously because of their name I suggest very Xbox focused uh, yeah. very popular uh, didn't really know their products didn't really know them even by face until I, I had met them there and I found those guys to be fucking hilarious and crazy. And, and like I liked we didn't get to meet the funhouse guys I know you guys know them I don't, I don't know them. but like I really liked them like I thought that they were super funny and like my mind was bogged down as it always is with weird shit and like you just kind of forget what's going on I was just I was hysterical like laughing with them like like playing these games like they're that seemed like a specifically a very fun group to work with I think I agree. I think our, their let's plays just shit on our let's plays. Like in terms of like, in ter like they really do. I'm just being honest. Like, like it's not even a fucking <laughs> it's very, joke. It's like very that, honest. It's not even a joke though. It's like like yeah. we have so much to learn from these people, and that's what I, I I walked in there. It's nice to be able to walk in and just record something and leave and disappear. You know, like not have to worry about the technical shit. They're kind of somewhere in the middle because they do have syndicators, but like and people that worry about the like the minutia, yeah, but they still have to like you know kind of sync everything. So it's it's I don't know. I I really liked them in particular. I think that they were really fucking mm -hmm. funny mm -hmm. and um. I enjoyed those videos. I just think that, you know, being so ignorant about the way games media is produced outside of what we've done, sometimes intentionally so, but sometimes because it just doesn't speak to me. And so, like, right. I want to kind of be true to myself and bring in some other ideas that I think makes our stuff more dynamic. And I really do think that is a strength. Um, it was cool to kind of be in a more endemic space uh, with people that were doing games media and being like, wow, this is so kind of next level. Like, this is kind of... Uh, this is, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the GameSpot and Kotaku and IGN and all these have a future anymore. And when I see, you know, like a future in the way that they were when we were there and maybe now. And when I see this kind of stuff, I'm like, I don't know, man. Because like, <laughs> like you know, like I, yeah. I'm just being honest. I'm a writer like through and through. Like I don't want the written word to die. I don't want the traditional way to die. But it's just like this is fucking huge. You know, yeah. like the, 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 the like the, the warehouse space was impressive. The production was impressive. But it was really just the way things worked 
and the symbiotic relationship between the moving parts. I thought it was, a, I, I, I learned a great deal. It was quite thought provoking. Yeah, with the Achievement Hunter specifically, like I really like that their whole thing is collaborative effort. And yeah. it's like they, they want to make sure that they're let's plays. It's just about all of them being a part of it and mm -hmm. all of them just having fun. We are way more educational. We're way more. What do we think about this video game? We're doing. Let me show you right something now. new. Three out of the four of us. No, are very you, your Xenoblade Chronicles review was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but even on. if we're not reviewing things, though, the way we play games, we're we're kind of like looking for the fun parts. Sure. We're trying to like you know. We at put least... up the Fallen Legion today, right? And it's me announcing that it's a Vita game. It's me trying to explain to you what's happening. It's you and me trying to understand how the systems work. It's not yeah. us like just hey, we're playing. Like yeah, let's and, talk about. And even stuff. if we go well, in blind, to both. No, for oh, sure. No, yeah, yeah, entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entirely, but it's just, it's a very it's a different thing. They're literally just using the games as an avenue to have fun. Yeah, they're right. entertaining. To, exactly. Yeah. They're just purely making entertainment. And uh what I really, really enjoyed about us being there and doing stuff with them, like all four of us just instantly got their vibe and just met them in the middle and it worked. Like we found our place with them yeah. and also understood, all right, cool, this is their thing. We could do that too. Here's our version of that thing, and we could all work together. And I think that that's like a very powerful thing that you can't just drop anyone. In with that group of guys right. and just have it like Kevin would have been eaten alive. He would have just been eaten alive. They wouldn't. He wouldn't know what to do over there. No, Kevin would have fit right in because he's he's right in their perfect demographic of like twenty three to twenty five hardworking homeowners. <laughs> those, those guys are. I, I don't know. I I really liked them and I liked everyone that we met. You know, I, I thought uh, you know just being able to speak with Bernie again was really nice. It's a really ideas driven dude. Really smart. And just fucking sharp. You know what I mean? And. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, you know, Lewis was really like, there was just a lot of really, like, I just learned a lot. It was, it was, if you go in with an open mind, it was similar to my experience at VidCon before we found it kind of funny where I was just like, well, I don't know this space. I'm not even sure I really belong in this space sometimes, but here I am. And so I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn something about it. And like, um, and so I did. And I think that it was, it was cool. I was, I was glad I went, I don't know how much, you know, how often we'll, we'll go back and, and do more with them, but I'm, I'm eager to like peel the next layer back and kind of learn more about you know the way they do things and stuff like that it's not a business that i want kind of funny to mirror personally down to the nitty-gritty of what they do because i think it's so far flung in ways that would just give me fucking you know agita if i had to deal with that as a, as a you know, well, you're doing that same is. thing you always do where you're at the you're at the <clears throat> you're at the edge of the gap this chasm and like there's 10 years of history there it wasn't that all of a sudden it went from being in Bernie's spare bedroom to all right we have 162 employees no of course not hangers. of course yeah. not but uh, but you know I do. I do think that they were they're smart enough to invest in in things that you know. Well, it's very similar to the animated series. Like we're we're doing something mm -hmm. that's different. It's much cheaper than making Ruby, um, and much less popular. Who knows if it will be popular <laughs> one day? <laughs> but true. but uh, true. but it's but it's interesting that it seems like that's actually maybe even more important than anything else they do. You know, in terms of in terms of like their in terms of their like their capital investment. In terms of the people they employ, like the space that's taken up, mm -hmm. the mind share of that of, of Ruby just being everywhere, the way they talk about it, pictures everywhere. I'm like, this is interesting because this is not the way they were founded. It's not what they were founded to do. Right? You know, you know, I don't know. That they I mean, did it kind of was like that, though. But. I mean, that's the thing is like they, they were made to to make uh, animated, whether it's machinima or not. Right. Like Red vs. Blue was animated before Ruby was the thing, and I think Ruby was the natural progression of all right. We will never own the Halo characters. Like they they license the rights to use them, so they do legally own the ability to use the Halo characters. Right. But with Ruby, from top to bottom, that's theirs. You know, and so I think that was the nice, natural progression for them. But yeah, that Ruby didn't happen until eight years, or no, more than that, like 
10, pretty recent. 10 or 11 years into them existing. Yeah, and I do think that the, I didn't realize that the gentleman that passed away, Mont- Monty, Monty Ohm, he yeah. was the one that came up with the, that. That was yeah, his show. So they hired, so that, 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 it's just the tendrils, the way things connect. Like, I'm like, yeah. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. yeah, so they hired him to, so he did all like Metroid, and, or not Metroid, um, Haloid, and all the like just random, the dead fantasy, like fighting <laughs> videos. And Bernie was like, fuck, we need this shit. Like, this is awesome. So they hired him on for season eight of Red versus Blue. And he kind of gave Red versus Blue a kick in the ass of like, you guys know it is just two dudes talking back and forth and just like moving video games. Monty came in and animated fight scenes and made them fucking crazy over the top things. So Red vs. Blue season 8, 9, 10 was that. And then Monty was like, he pitched them on an anime, which was Ruby. And they're like, let's do this. Because, you know, now that that kick in the ass Red vs. Blue got, it needs another kick in the ass to keep it more relevant. And so then they did other stuff. But Ruby was really like, it just kicked it off for them. And that launched their entire animation division. It's not just Ruby. It's they have a show called X-Ray and Bav, which is a comedy superhero show. And then they have Animated Adventures, which is just their like um, podcast moments animated and stuff. But like that whole animated section, it's not just Ruby. Like they're working on like six shows. And plus there's other stuff that's not announced yet that I don't mm. know. Yeah. Like that's just fucking crazy. Yeah, it's cool. It's it was a very uh, yeah, like I said, a very, you know, being so ignorant of what they do, um, I couldn't be any more ignorant about what they did before I went there. So it's not <laughs> like, you know, it's not like I knew anything because I really didn't. But it's 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 eye opening. Like that, I understand more why people like this kind of stuff. Like we always said, like with Let's Plays, I think Greg and I even talked about it candidly on PS I Love You and other places before, which is like I don't understand why anyone would watch a Let's Play. Like and I've said that a million times. Like it's just like you know, like I would rather just like play a game or watch game mm-hmm. unfettered gameplay. But there's this sub culture, not even a subculture. It's a massive culture of gaming that does like watching this shit. And it wasn't until I wa- I never really watched a PewDiePie video. I have no idea what the fuck he does. Like, but like when I wa- when I did with Chibinar, I'm like, oh. This is fucking funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, like, I, I get it. You know, I, I watch like angry Nintendo nerd yeah. or whatever, you know, or angry video game or whatever his name is. And like, that stuff's funny, but that's, that's kind of different. That's also like kind of really, that's like, a pre- feature more than anything. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. like pre let's play almost like I remember watching that in college. I think so. I, I think that's like, that's old, but, um, so it's like, I understand some of like, you know, more of the educational thing or more of the sarcastic thing or the, you know, whatever, um, satirical thing. But yeah, I, like it started, like, things started to click with me more. I'm like, oh, I get it. Like it's, it's. It's uh, I don't I don't mean to be closed minded about it. It's just the things that and I don't know if that I, I even am being. It's just a matter of what interests me. And like, you know, I like I'm impressed with the way ESP like I think ESPN does really impressive stuff. And so like I want us to more like look like that. But then I realize like, well, these guys are doing shit that looks like that, too. Right. You know, so it's like it's yeah. like I mean, it goes you know, it goes it goes to the core of what, how they started. Right. And when you have the IGNs, the game spots, I mean, those are media outlets. Those are those are for first and foremost information where these guys started where I think was the harder harder road but proving i think to be much more um i don't know if sustainable but potentially more lucrative is that they started out by making an entertainment product right and started out by entertaining people first and foremost um which is always sort of the line i feel like we we skate here a little bit because we are sort of a hybrid of that model we do come from ign but at the same time most of the stuff we do here is for the sheer entertainment value of it right yeah with the exception of the ps i love yous and well i guess our pod this podcast notwithstanding all of our podcasts are p- kind of a more of an ign style project no i wouldn't product. even say that i Would think ps i love you i think is the only thing so again yeah. calling greg live kind of no you know it started no, off that, that way and now but, it's just pure shenanigans but gamescast gamescast is not Really That's talking true. about news, yeah. But then, like when we go but into the yeah, right, right, talking right. about big topics or whatever, yeah, happening. yeah. It I all guess. goes back to, I mean, like to you know what Colin's saying of not understanding what a let's play would be, so he didn't know, right? Like my whole career and what I do and what this has become in a lot of ways, right? Has always been that I'm the best friend on the couch in the basement talking to you about games, right? And when I, I'm talking to you about games, I'm specifically talking about when I introduced, I was telling Poe why 
Spider-Man on PlayStation yes, 1 was so good, right? And that's what I, my Let's Plays are too, right? I'm showing you the Fallen Legion because it's this new Vita game and this is why it's cool. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's why it's cool to go to Achievement Hunter and see them do it in a different way where it is it's what we used to do where it was to, a tower fall out in the living room we're all being a bunch of assholes or whatever or even the Hot Pepper Challenge. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We are experimenting with that but we're so far to the other side whereas they don't ever come to our side and do that where it's like hey, we're playing Far Cry Primal for the first time. Let's talk about yeah. all that's happening. Yeah. Well, see, that's what's interesting for us is that the, they have the no, which Ashley started when she mm-hmm. left IGN and went over there. And before that, they had nothing that was like IGN or GameSpot. There was no video game news. There was yeah. they had no product that even did that at all. Um, I mean, the patch the, the patch existed, but it was still in its early days. And then once the no came, that's now they're really... And now Funhouse as well. Like, Funhouse is kind of us. On the other side, where they do have that kind of game critic journalism mind, but they're yeah. also like we're not critics or journalists, um, and they make entertainment. So it's it's just <sighs> weird, but it's cool because all of that can coexist, and simultaneously next door they're making movies and TV shows yeah. and yeah. you know HBO quality stuff, and that's fucking crazy. It's nuts. And like the, that's the whole thing too is their whole subscription model and their 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 plans for the future, like what they see the internet becoming. It's not just, oh, we're going to, Laser Team was a movie we made. We're going to make more movies. It's, we're making movies, but we're also doing daily live shows that are all different with different sets and different experiences. We're also doing all the gameplay videos, you know. There's animated shows, there's comedies, there's dramas, there's this. It's like they're becoming, it's not just uh, like, oh, they do comedy and stuff. It's, they're like a TV channel. Yeah, that has all types of different programs. Oh no, see, that's why that's why I liken them more, not even a channel, not even a network, right? They're more like a studio. They're yeah, more like they're a, studio. hey, we're developing everything, and it's and even even coming in and like bringing people like us in to collaborate with them and stuff like that is very much studio minded of saying like oh let's reach out to outside talent bring them in have them on our products and stuff like that but you know and being able to cross those lines like that it is it is crazy it's crazy to think where they're at now and they're where they might be five years from now yeah and I think I think that the thing to keep in mind is that people hear this like oh they're getting too big they're getting too big and it's like they're doing too much it's not the same guys making movies no. that it is playing games that it is you know making cartoons like they have teams and when you see it it's even in the in the buildings it's separated like they're the live action team and the animation team are in completely different buildings right. yeah. and, and to Colin's earlier point like yeah you know i kind of agree that 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 looking at that size of a company right now is daunting given where we're at but you have to also remember that they the founders have gone and now kind of are taking care of just their own little slice of whatever they Really, they wrote they wrote their own their their own uh, check as far as what they wanted to be able to do. So Bernie takes care of a lot of the live action development. Gus is doing a lot of the events and things like that. And they don't really it doesn't seem like they interact too much unless they absolutely like their, unless they're their, on a their show paths cross or they aren't yeah. be on a show together. But so that's that's the cool thing is they've been able to gravitate toward what their strengths and their passions are. And you know Jeff's obviously strength was was uh, or passion Hunter. was Chief and Hunter, so he gets to just sit around in that room all day and crack jokes and fuck around with the guys and it's it's and that was a blast it was a very and much, I, much you treat. can kind of see how kind of funny can evolve that way too you oh, know yeah. it's like with you and like greg doing the more like video gamey stuff me and nick doing the more comedy stuff and then oh shit collaborating whenever it makes sense because that is there is a venn diagram and it's not exclusively this or that yep. but it is just growing in different ways and i think that right. that's a very cool future that I'm excited for. Yeah, I think a more immediate takeaways would be like, you know, it was cool to see um, them have a space and like the ease in which talent and I use, I don't I hate calling myself that because I, I think it's a fucking shitty word, but the the, the so-called talent of so like, it's definitely a loaded word. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. The, so, the so-called talent, like being able to just kind of come on, have a free and clear head to do what you need to do and just walk away is like really cool. Um, and I don't say that as like trying to be lazy. I say that as like it's. 
exhausting talking about games and talking about anything, you know. But what I also what I like it just to have be on and like have your mind right and not have to worry about the setup and blah 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 and like you guys have to edit and all that. You know, it's like a fucking pain in the ass. Um, so like I took that away, but I also um just that like punditry is like way more universal than I think I gave it credit for and like the um you know the way people talk about games in a real deep way is a very similar way to you know the way they talk about politics on YouTube or on MSNBC or Fox News in the same way that ESPN or Fox News or whatever that's been talked about sports so it's there's a lot of cross-pollination happening there um already um I'm surprised I'm still surprised that like some ideas haven't been stumbled upon more um from these other spaces that I think are so obvious which is why I love Colin Greg so much even though it's something we don't like put a super amount of effort into like it's 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 a it's still a fun and silly show that you know that that I that I actually think out of everything we do has the most growth potential so it's like mm-hmm. so it's it's um it's cool to see like people spreading their wings and like kind of doing those kind of things I found it quite inspirational to be there yeah Nick yes what's your topic all right uh my topic is Batman Ah, oh, oh. I don't know if you guys are familiar Mike with Drucker, this. Do you, do you know, do you, have you ever heard of Batman? Uh, Batman? Am I pronouncing that right? I believe so. Yes. <laughs> Batman. Um, there was a quote going around that Christian Bale said last week um, that I believe originated on Yahoo. I'm not quite sure. I'm on io9 right here. You can you can check it out on io9, but I think they link back to that Yahoo where he says, quote, uh, basically, Christian Bale says he didn't quite nail Batman in the Dark Knight trilogy. OK. Are you guys familiar with this at all? <laughs> yes. I remember the Dark Knight trilogy. What, what is Christian his argument Bale? against himself? <laughs> Let's like what is he? Mr. Bale, please present your evidence against yourself. The the article reads: While on out on a publicity for the latest movie, The Knights of Cups, Christian Bale has expressed some second thoughts about his portrayal of Bruce Wayne slash Batman for Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight trilogy. When interviewed for Yahoo Movies, Bale noted that he didn't quite capture the extent to which Bruce Wayne was messed up. This isn't the first time that Bale has said that he's slightly jealous of Ben Affleck's opportunity to play the character in this month's uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, Quote: Batman, he's this is. He's this very, very dark, messed up character. I found when I put on the suit, I feel like a bloody idiot if I didn't use this as a means of his true monstrous self uh, that he allows to come out in the moment. He went on to note that Heath Ledger completely upended all the plans when it came out to portrayal. Uh, when it came, sorry, excuse me, upended all of his plans when it came to portraying the character. That's not really all that much of a surprise given how much of a messed up character the Joker is. Looking back, Bale noted that he didn't quite accomplish what he wanted to with the character, but ruled out ever reprising the, uh, the character. Again, enough's enough. We did our thing. Quote. Well, quote. I'd say that Batman's always upset with how he did his Batman, so that makes him a good Batman because he's upset with how he did his Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, Christian Bale. Do you, do you know what I mean? Wow. Like in comics, Batman's always like, "You idiot! You could have yeah. done this better." So yeah, yeah. being upset with how you did his Batman is very Batman. Sure. I don't know where you could, I don't know where this poll quote came from, but he says he turned up and just kind of completely ruined all my plans because I'm like, he's so much more interesting than me. What am I doing? And that's from the uh, the article. They is just that, put yeah. it in a weird spot. Oh, I see. Okay. They okay, just, got they, it. I, I broke it out in a weird that's fine. thing for you. There. So I guess that is the quote of, of in question. Do I mean, f- it's uh, uh, definitely not a new argument, I don't think, right? It's yeah. interesting to hear him say it. He says, you know, he turned up and ruined everything. I think most of the time when you talk about, like, the when people talk about the Dark Knight in particular, right, of like, I think that's the best one in the trilogy, right? And of course. People who want to say it isn't Calling sit you there on and be like, that? it's just because it's a Joker movie. It's not a Batman movie, right? And even going forward, it's like, well, yeah, the interesting parts are usually the other characters. Well, and that's also is trying to go for a more realistic Batman. The problem with going for a more realistic Batman is you can't have this like you can't have sort of, you know, if you like Zack Snyder or not, Zack Snyder is going to do a more comic booky Batman. If you're trying to be realistic, you can't just be an asshole and break people's wrists every scene because that's not what would happen in real life. Yeah. Um, I think he did fine.
fine as Batman. I didn't hate his Batman. No. I didn't like the third Batman movie, but that was a yeah, whole mess. Like, huh? Okay. Look at that? this guy. Oh, are we friends right on that? Yeah. Is that an unpopular opinion? This I've just motherfucker joined you over here thinks it's the best one. I don't think it's the uh, best God, one, but oh, I definitely oh, don't think do. it's bad. I was going to say, no, God no, damn it, no, Colin. Colin for Co- sure. No, Colin does? Colin is the leader of the Dark Knight Rises team. I don't know. Yes, brother. Yes, brother. To be fair, we don't know if Colin is just fucking with Greg the entire time, <laughs> and Colin will never tell us, so it doesn't really matter. So it's not even worth speculating. But I mean, that's such an old argument. But, but the point being, I don't think he was a bad Batman. No, I don't think he's bad. No, no, no. Like I think he did. I mean, I agree that Heath Ledger outshone him in that movie, but at the same time, he was so great as the Joker. I think any Batman would have been, you know, second banana to that Joker. Do you feel like he's? I mean, obviously, this is a fairly recent quote. I guess it came from Sunday. But do you feel like he he's looking now at the trailers of what you know Snyder and the team are accomplishing and seeing that Batman and seeing that character? Do you think maybe he's like, maybe that would have been a better way to play it? I don't think so. I, I think he's seeing. I think he's seeing a more fleshed out Batman. Like, I, sure, think about, sure. think about it that way. What you're getting with Ben Affleck, at least just from the trailers, right, is a Batman with motivation. Mm-hmm. And since he has this motivation, he has this justification to brand people with this bat right and fucking like you saw the fight scene you know from that one trailer like to be the batman from the comic slash video games you Mm -hmm. think about when you're batman sure whereas like when you think back to begins was fun because it was like all new and what's happening he's dropping but it's even like like the league of shadow stuff they were doing right some of some you see so much of that now with arrow or whatever and it's i'm not saying those fight scenes are better but they're different right and it's more it's not unique anymore batman begins with in at the time was unique because remember this was the first time batman could turn his fucking head yes right and it's not just have the cow like this or whatever right. he was he was fluid he was moving it wasn't it was all of a sudden this brand new fighting style mm-hmm. i think there's also a lot to be said about professional humility where even if you think you did well you're like oh i'm you know being polite to the next person in the role i'm not trying you know someone's like mm-hmm. do you think you'd be a, you were a better batman than he will be and you're like of course not even if you think it you're going to be professionally humble sure that's not necessarily the case but i also want to you know put out that's not like christian bale being like i fucked up this is terrible it might just be him being <sighs> like i believe this will be a good movie and uh i still want to have friendly relationships with all these people so right. go see the movie gotta see yeah. the academy awards and whatnot uh that that probably makes more sense than you, you, know, you put it in that context and that light of him saying, look, there's always obviously more than one way to play every role. What's right? interesting like is him saying that, you know, he wanted to do more of the dark stuff, right? And how messed up Bruce Wayne yeah. should be and Batman should be. And that's the thought of where I think he says that, you know, he upended his plans, right? You imagine his plans were to try to show that a little bit more in the films, but you get there and Heath Ledger's Joker is so dark. Yeah. You can't go that way. You can't. I don't think you can get down into the mud and be. The Batman we know from the comics who mm-hmm. calls himself Batman. You know what I mean? He isn't Bruce Wayne. He's Batman. And that's what's happening in his head. Yeah. I mean, you have those scenes where he he have those intense moments where, you, you know, you see Batman screaming at someone or interrogating someone or throwing people off a freaking roof Surely. and things like that. And it just you're it, you're right, though. It doesn't have even, you know, half the intensity of like the, any, any Joker scene. Sure. Like anytime yeah. Joker's there, you're like the, the, the level of tension just rises to about 90%. So it must be interesting to go back and look at that. Because, again, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I think he did a great job. Yeah. When, I, when I think Batman Begins, when I think Dark Knight, I'm like, those are phenomenal movies. I can't imagine they would be any different. I can't imagine plugging anyone in there. And as, and as much as I'm excited for Ben Affleck's Batman, I'm less excited for, you know, Jared Leto's fucking Joker. Like... I mean, you have to you're comparing yourself to Heath Ledger's Joker is comparing yourself to the greatest movie supervillain of all time. Right. You're never going to win. Like, let's see how like 
how do you think Christian Bale's Batman would do against like Leto's Joker, which looks terrible? He just looks like an asshole. <laughs> like he doesn't look. He looks like an, he looks scary in the way like seeing a teenager in the middle of the night. You're like, I'm not a teenager anymore. He might attack me. Is scary, right. but like he doesn't look like a super villain. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> We're like, oh no, it's a youth. Like, and you're scared of that. But I'm not no. fucking scared of him on some global scale the way I'm right. Heath Ledger's Joker. Right. I mean, for me, the verdict's still out on that one. We have to. We have to. Yeah, we have to see have to Suicide Squad or you know whatever. Do you buy into the theory? I forget. What's your comic acumen? You a big comic fan? I like. Yeah. Are you? Do you buy into this theory that it might be Jason Todd? Um, sure. I mean, I don't know. It also. I mean, I don't love Zack Snyder. I should say. No, that's fine. So, I mean, I know that Suicide Squad is not his movie, but yeah. I just don't know what hand he had in it and what he's gonna paint it as. Sure. Um, sure, it could be, but I I don't know yet. That's, like, I, I my whole thing with the the Jared Leto being Jason Todd and that being him. I mean, I know there's the like Joker. the the Robin suit with like bullet holes in it yeah, or yeah, something yeah, or whatever. On you or whatever. Yeah. Um, it just it's an interesting way to dodge not being compared to Heath Ledger. Sure, right. Yeah. That you're not the Joker. Joker. There was a Joker. Yeah. and He got killed, but he had already tortured me and made. I me, hope like, that's it, man. That sounds that sounds so great to me. If they like, do that, I mean, that's, that'll be like such a holy shit. Are you committed to this cinematic universe? Sure. That you're bar- you're just gonna put into a movie that the Jason Todd's Joker, and right. that we want you to figure and that out. The Joker's gone and dead. Yeah, exactly. He's not coming back. And that way, in Justice League, you can bring him back, and we'll be like, what? Well, he's not Jack necessarily Nicholson. dead. Like, what? And it's Heath Ledger. You're like, whoa, the long long game on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> They really kind of pulled that out of their pocket. Uh, I just made a Heath Ledger death joke. I apologize. Everyone it's not your there. first one. It won't be your last one. I, I, really I just don't it. understand his his line of thinking. Just in the sense that Batman to me has never been about Batman. Really, I mean, right. ever since the be- ever since eighty nine Batman, like I just don't feel like. I mean, yeah, Batman was a central character to Batman. It's not a huge surprise there, but it always seemed to me that it was about these ancillary characters, these villains. I mean, sure, I, you that was excited always, for the villains. Right? Yeah, always. I mean, it was you know the Joker in eighty nine Batman returns. You know, you have the Penguin, like like, and then you get into the shitty fucking Schumacher ones and all that kind of stuff. But the villains were still, I think, even more in those than the other ones were the draw because they were they fit like freeze and riddler and all these like kind of yeah. fit in this over the top campy ass fucking batman they did it but like his it does I, I actually kind of agree with like what drucker's assertion that this seems to be maybe a humil like a humility kind of nod in the sense that like there is no prayer that this movie is anywhere near the nolan movies in terms of quality sure. so like so like it's like right. That, like not even a fucking prayer that that's gonna happen. Mm. So like you know you're like you know you're fine and you're always gonna be looked at as being the supreme Batman from the supreme Batman movies and that's not gonna change. So like I don't understand why. But see that's I the argument. See yeah. that's the thing is I don't th- I'm with you that yeah the, the you know the Nolan movies are on another level because they were going for something different. But I think when you think back to the Nolan Batman films, you're gonna think back to Heath Ledger. Sure, that's what I think. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think said. people look at him as the supreme Batman. He was definitely in the supreme Batman films. I think about Tom Hardy, per- Tom Hardy person. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Yeah, that's what I but well, I also I don't, I don't think he did a bad job at all. Of the plan. It never bothered that's me. That's the plan. <laughs> 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 that's your that's your choice. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sorry, Tony. No, that's well. No, I mean that, <laughs> that's that's my thing though, and one and and that maybe that's a good way to kind of frame this is when when you actually think about the like the the ranked order of Batman, Batman's. What would be a grammatical correct? Bat, bat, it would be Batman's. I, I would it's say it's a proper noun. In it, right? uh, Kevin Conroy. Uh, Kevin Conroy is that the name of mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. voice actor oh, from the animated it. series? Yes. Yeah, you have to allow. Um, giant jump down. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. After that, it's sort of. I gotta. I mean, go I give Ke- it to Bale by default. Yeah, no. I gotta go Keaton first. I, Keaton the Keaton sure. thing. Keaton's I'll good, never yeah. understand this Keaton thing, man. It. He's really good. I guess he's a like that. Those movies are really cool, really great. That's not Batman. That's not, I mean, it, if that's Batman, that's like uh, it's the the cartoony like not an animated series, like cartoony Batman. Oh, it was. 
And like yeah, that's was, fine. That's cool. Burton. Yeah. But right. I don't know. I when I think Batman, I I I think Dark Knight Returns Batman. Or at least like darker Batman. Yeah, but I mean, you're, there's just different eras of it. Like when you think, when I think Batman in the 1989, I, I lump that in with the whole series of movies. Like that includes Beetlejuice, you know, where you're like, <laughs> yeah. these are just really kind of creative, almost asinine, right. ridiculous versions of these. But there was a, an underlying fucked up creepiness to all of those films. Mm-hmm. Like you go back and watch Beetlejuice, and you're like, there's some dark shit in this. Yeah, this is not a kids movie, and the 89 Batman came off like a kids movie. But you've got the Joker doing some fucked up shit in that. And Jack Nicholson was pretty terrifying, not on the level of Heath Ledger, but he wasn't. I don't think he was trying to play the character that way. I don't, I don't think he was a bad Joker. Like that no, was no, a great I think he's a good Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Batman um, Returns is just full of sexual innuendo. Oh yeah, yeah Batman I love Returns. Returns. Crazy oh movie. Jesus, Returns is fucking awesome. Returns, yeah, is, yeah it's a beautiful movie. But the, those were with little rockets on them. Hell yeah, that was weird. But that—that's what I'm saying. Is like that's, that's straight burning. out of a comic book, right? Yeah, that that's straight out of a comic book. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you think of a name for that villain yet? No, it's me. The bear. What would your villain be, Greg? Let me work on it. Okay, I'll go back to Greg Man. No, I Gregman. Gregman. Son of Greg. Son of Greg. Son of Greg. I don't know, man. Figure it out. I will. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would. I would probably agree with that assessment. Conroy's first. Conroy's first. Conroy's got to be first. I would. Put, I would put probably Keaton, and then you got to give a nod to Bale. Bale after that. Yeah, yeah. I say Bale's before Bale. Then maybe Adam West. I just, it's of one of those like it's one of those it's the normal Colin argument of like what's the criteria? Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Like that's the problem mm. because I think that Bale does so much right in terms of like Batman, in terms of movement, in terms of this. You know, what in I terms mean? of Bruce Physique. Wayne too. But, but that's my thing though. But I, Bruce I would Wayne's disagree the with that. Thing but, it, but it's not because Michael Keaton was a weirdo. No, he was great. But that's the whole he point. Fu- is like is like sorry. Can you 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 take this one? I mean, like, I don't understand. Like, he, like, if Bruce Wayne summed up as that party when he walks in on him and he, they're like, trying, it's a uh, Knox and Vicky Vale. Yeah, and yeah, like, they're arguing about where this is from. And he's like, China. Like, how do you know? That's where I bought it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like, like, hi, Bruce Wayne. Like, it's, that's a good Bruce Wayne. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's not comics. I'm going to go out and act drunk and go, go into the pool and buy the hotel shit. Like, Which to me, cool. like, I guess that's my that thing. That was cool. It's like, that's, yeah, but that, like that, that never came off. That came off as weird to me. Like that never came off like he was selling that. That came off like, and part of it is because as the audience, you're behind the curtain, you see why he's doing it, and you understand his motivations. Sure. But like to me, I I loved when Keaton would be. He played the bumbling sort of like, he wasn't the playboy. He was more of like a, I don't really know what's happening all sure, the time. Yeah. I'm kind of just stumbling through life here and there. But then he, when he'd have those, then he'd have those one or two interactions with like Max Shrek, and you're like, oh shit, wait a minute, these guys are both really sharp. And they're both coming at this, and this is both just their facade that right. that's like hitting right now. But they're both kind of like on different sides of the same fucked up dark coin. I'm with you that like Bale's Br- Bruce Wayne Batman is way more canon than you know the Keaton stuff. I guess right? that's my like, thing. Like, where the fuck's the money coming it. from for the Wayne? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's never any Wayne tech or Lucius Fox or anything like that, right? It's just like I have a really big house in this table. I don't use. He's a billionaire. Um, Wayne I, Enterprises. Alfred's lived with me forever, but he's got to wear this fucking tuxedo every day. He likes yeah. the tuxedo. We've asked him to change. He doesn't want to change. And he has a bunch of them. It's not the same tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> he owns more than one. But it is the same one. It's the same one. It's the same style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same style yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I do. I, I think back about that, but I, I have such such conflicting thoughts. The Dark Knight trilogy, because so much of it is right, and I think that's just what I always feel like when I, when I start to deep dive on Christopher Nolan. Is that there's so much of it that I love and that is right, and then there's just so much of it that you're like. There is a little stuff that's off about it. And yeah, yeah me, but that, that's, I mean, that's comic book movies. That's, that's movies. That's anything. No, just comic books. No, it's Fast anything. and the Furious is airtight, Tim. No, I, I can't even admit to that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, yeah, Fast and the Furious is more like a submarine with the fucking screen door. But Whoa. what? Well, see, that's a joke I stole. I don't even know where I got that from. Back but I stole that joke. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Going way that's back about as funny as a submarine. Oh, yeah. 
It's about I, Battleship with a screen, though. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm becoming more and more intrigued by if this Batman, like, how this Batman versus Superman movie is going to be. I, like, I think this movie is going to be no better than good, but, like, I think it's going to be good. You know, but but I don't know that Affleck's gonna be the takeaway from it. I think yeah. I think I think the, I think the takeaway is probably gonna be that this is, might be the first be- Superman movie that's actually worth anything since Reed. No, because yeah. even if it is good, it, no, because if the movie's be good, movie. it's gonna be counted as good because of Batman. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. It's then it's a lose lose for DC it and is. for Superman. I mean, they put yeah. so much money into this too. I wonder how they're gonna do financially with this. It's two fifty million before marketing. Oh fuck. That's but somebody put it up uh, the numbers recently of what it's projected to make and it was projected to kick some fucking skull in. Yeah. It'll make. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll make. I think the writing's on the wall, right? And the fact that they've already greenlit the solo Batman film to follow and then yeah. there's all these other movies that aren't Superman movies. Yeah, it's Justice they, League. It's one Roman. Yeah, and they're they, shoving they it all. That's, that's going to be the problem with this movie is they're... No, but they stopped on that. They're putting so much shit into this movie. Right. Like if they hammer in too much of the Justice League, it's going to be like, okay, fucking they're cyborg. Yeah, like... I think he'll just be in the background. Yeah, I think. I mean, like, hey, like, welcome hey to guys. Justice League. Like, <laughs> check out How do you incorporate like eight dudes with superpowers? Uh, this, I have a whole theory. I'll, I can we'll, we'll link you. All we'll right. link yeah, you can, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the don't video. Worry. Don't worry. Give me the yeah. view, all right? All right. I'll give you that view, and I'll watch your ad. Thank yeah, you. Like you. Speaking of ads, Greg <laughs> Way, guys, everybody good knows good things comes in sets of three. What does that have to do with anything? Well, get this. March is the third month of the year, and it also happens to be our friends over at Harry's third year anniversary as a business. And if you're new to Harry's, I've got a special deal for you to try three of their expertly crafted five-blade German razors, a handle, and shave cream for just 10 bucks. We're going to shave this off with it. Just the right side of my beard? Just the right side. Fine, so I'm done. See. You're okay with that? Yeah. Kevin, go get me the Harry rate. No, there don't you do go. it. Uh, Harry's doesn't like discounts because their prices are already so low. But we've worked out a special offer for you guys. And this is the all caps portion. So guard your ears. Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with promo code KINDAFUNNY. That's all one word. Stop overpaying for a great shave. Go to harrys.com right now. That's H. A R R Y S dot com. Enter code kinda funny. All one word. At checkout. Colin. Yes. You're the final topic, and you have the Patreon producer, John Demos, to thank for that. Thank John Stamos gave us a This is the a question. Fourth, wait, fourth, so I wait, I, we are doing Demos. my topic. I didn't think we were doing my topic. We are doing your topic. Oh, okay, cool. So I was thinking about we talked about this a little bit about uh, at lunch. Uh, weird pet peeves. Now I know we've talked more about, pet peeves. So we talked about pet peeves in the past, and I think that people have their pet peeves, right? Like I've talked about how like people getting up on the airplane and like running down the aisle to try to like skip five rows. When I fucking hate that. Did I, you just, that I did? actually want to fucking mur- oh, like straight you, murder. Those you weren't people. on our flight on the way back. No, I went to. We, it Diego. was the first flight I've ever taken where that didn't happen. Did you notice that? No, I don't pay attention. We were all just sitting there, and I turned around, and everyone was waiting for their their time to get up and, and go down the aisle. Which normally it's not. Yeah, it, there's always that one motherfucker by the bathroom in the back that just jets to see how far he can one. get. It's like and then they thirteen. Stop. Of it's them. also always in, like an old lady. Like yeah. if the, like you're always supposed to be polite to old ladies. The rudest people in the world are they old are. ladies. They know they can get away with it. They've lived through a lot though. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, they got through Nam, but like it's, they're still like. <laughs> like <laughs> were they serving? <laughs> they were fighting the Vietnam out Nam. I always feel like that. the women pushing me out. I mean, not the women. People pushing me out of the way. It's always like an old woman who has like a giant suitcase who's just like, I'm fucking out of here. I got l- less time left in my life. I'm moving. Yeah, you can't trip them either because then you just go to jail. Yeah, that's the problem. So. But, like, I, I'm trying to think of, you know, like, so we're talking about, like, how I hate loud eating, loud swallowing. I thought that shit annoys the shit out of me. But that's ubiquitous. Like, I don't care where we are, what we're doing. If you're swallowing loud, I'm going to fucking punch you in your throat. You know what I mean? I don't want to see that shit. I want to hear it. It's enough. Enough. You're not hearing me. I know for a fact you don't hear me. And I know for a fact but you don't you're hear me seeing, swallow. you're seeing Nick and thinking of 
Drucker as you as I'm Greg. as I'm smelling Greg yeah. and, and, and summoning forth Touching Kevin. Kevin. Did, yeah. Were you were you were you listening at lunch when Drucker was talking about the opposite of that? Apparently, this is, Drucker always opens up my eyes to all sorts of crazy stuff like, that some, I can. Some people like that trip. Yeah. yeah, I guess people do like that stuff. As, it's called ASMR, I guess. Where that, it's like yeah, I mean, it's videos all on, of people chewing or opening box. Like not like not like unboxing videos, like just the sound of a box opening. People like. So actual unboxing, like, like, but just just for Literally. the sound of right. it. So let me give you a few it's examples twisted. of what I'm talking about. All right. So yeah. like, I, I think I'm going a little deeper with the pet peeves. One of my major pet peeves is on the TSA line when you have the person in front of you that's never flown before. <laughs> what like, you mean I can't yeah. take this water like, through? It's all right. I understand 9/11 changed everything, right? You know, it's 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 a terrible thing. I but, thought that was PlayStation Move. PlayStation Move also changed. PlayStation Move in many ways was worse than 9/11. Never forget. Never forget PlayStation Move. <laughs> wow. Good lord. Please pull uh, my dad quote. was New York City firefighter. I can make jokes about 9-11. Not sure that's how that works. <laughs> he, was there. he was there. I can make jokes about Do you want me to go get the sweatpants? <laughs> that's why have I have an FDNY sticker on my lid of my laptop. I can make 9-11 jokes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's the only reason he has the sticker. <laughs> the, uh, but the TSA, like, have you met this person that just has no idea what yeah. they're doing yeah. on the TSA oh, line? Yeah. As if they've <laughs> never even... It's all right. You don't fly. That's fine. I don't know how you live in the United States and don't fly at least once every few years since it's a fucking massive country. But okay, you stay in your little geographic area, but you've never been exposed to this on TV or a comedy sketch or something. Like you haven't read any of the signs. Like past. Oh, I got to take my shoes off, and then they walk back through the machine. Oh, I got to take my jewelry off. Oh, you, sir, you have your wallet in your in your pocket. So hey, you have to be fair, fucking they don't do on. any. They don't do any favors nowadays though, because there's so much different things. It's like we go to airports and there's a dog, and I'm like. Okay, I'm not trained for this dog. I don't know what the, the dog was awesome. Do I just and the guy's like just walk by, just walk by. Don't touch the dog. Don't touch the dog. And it's like everyone's <laughs> trying to pet the dog. It's a fucking dog. That's what people fucking do. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, people have this, this <laughs> Is that general a police dog. <laughs> it's, it's still dog. A, hey, when he takes off that badge and gun, <laughs> he's still a dog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But the, so these dogs, it's like, all right, so now do I have to take, and they're like, no, you don't need to take off your, your shoes. You don't need to take off your shoes. Then you go through and like, you didn't take off your watch? No, like I thought. Oh that yeah, the, the, not, wa- the, the watch gets thing. me every once in a while because you know it's some, like half the. It's because the, they make it up. They it's all made up. up. It's all made up. Okay, so the laptop put needs it, to yeah. go in a separate thing. No, it doesn't. If you have, a, if, a ta- if you have a tablet, it's fine. But a large tablet, I'm like. Okay, so where there's there's now three iPads. Which one is which? Which quality? With the iPad in the middle, is that large or is that small? I don't fucking know. Like much of the federal government, these people are just trying to justify their existence at this point. Uh, and that leads me to another pet peeve uh, with the TSA. When there's the person there that is trying as loudly as possible to tell you all the rules. Oh, yeah. As you're coming up, but you only catch maybe a quarter of them. Belts a wall it off, everybody. He's <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right. Like we know. Guy, yeah, you're like, oh, my God. And the, and the guy's like. He's not paying attention to you. You're not paying attention to him, but he's only adding to your anxiety of the whole yeah. affair because he's just loudly saying something that you know. But then you're like, should I be paying attention to this fucking right. guy? Maybe he's saying something that I should say, but I only caught half of it and I'm not going to fucking hit that button on my remote that makes him go back. It's not going to happen. They start you, doing that bullshit, too, where they, they start to try to be cute and fun. So oh yeah. it's like whatever. They're like so Southwest they, flight they, attendants. They start fucking rhyming everything. It's like yeah. you're at in and out and it's just like, number three, your food's ready. And shit like that, <laughs> yeah, but they'll be all like, "I really hope they try." They harder. start doing that. No, but they don't. They <laughs> no. never try hardest. So they start being all cute with the like, take off your shoes, and I don't, I don't have this. A is for this ready, is but. only vaguely related, but I realized I was an adult when I was attracted to my first TSA agent. Like I saw, like there was a woman in the TSA line doing like, and not like, not like, I hope she checks me. Like not like I'm gross, but I was like, oh, she's really pretty, and I'm like, that's very strange to see a TSA mm. agent and recognize that they're attractive. Not a pet peeve. <laughs> 
feel free to be beautiful. Just a weird free, thing. Feel and it wasn't like some like fat like eighty year old dude at the TSA. Like it was like a woman my age. Mm-hmm. And it was it would be okay if it was a guy who was attracted to. Him. I'm just saying that it wasn't your name. There's it, nothing wrong. It's not with the that. image in your head of a TSA agent. Uh, another pet peeve. Uh, tall people at concerts. Now, obviously, everyone has the right to go to a concert. Right. Right. I don't but know when if you're you can the, have this pet peeve. But when you're on the floor, <laughs> all right? Like, I'm, So I, I, as an example, the last three concerts I've had this problem. I, I went to sell 311 on Sunday. 22nd time I ever saw them. Do they uh, have 22 songs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have 12 albums. Um, but uh, but they, uh, like, there's a guy standing in front of us, mm-hmm. like kind of, you know, right. like, towards the center, who's like six foot six, six foot seven, like straight up. And I'm like... That's fine, sir. I know you can't do anything about it, but like you have to know that you like you can't just be in this mixture of of people that are between five eight and like six foot one, mm-hmm. and you're just in the middle blocking. The, like you're you, scaring the, the view. You gotta kind of go in the back. Like I'm so, like I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be you know. I'm not trying to be sizest mm-hmm. here. I guess but, he was just a big fan. Goodbye, <laughs> <laughs> everybody. Oh he's, he's, you dematerialize. He's, <laughs> he's head and shoulders above the rest. My God. But like, we all want to be close, but you know that like when you're that tall, you're being quite but obstructive to people that are that sure. are average height five. Like I just I just feel like if I was I'm six foot tall. I feel like if if I was if I knew I was being if I was six inches taller than I'd be like, well, I kind of got to like play this a little differently because I know someone behind me fucking hates me. These people like have to know. That they're blocking, and because of the, mm. of, of a field of vision, they're actually blocking like an entire like triangles where the people the closer you are to them. You know, but like, I feel like you do that too, though. Like you're you're tall enough to qualify for that. Yeah. I don't think I don't there's think there's a lot feet, of people shorter than you. There's a lot of people shorter than me. There's a lot of people taller than me. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not uh, this. Three eleven sh- shows are young. I thought they were young man's game actually until I went this last time. And I realized <laughs> I was like the youngest person there. Yeah, but so so do you propose like a kindergarten class? picture scenario it's, it's exactly everyone needs to file in yeah. like but there's like 10,000 the people in the front and everyone else is in the back and oh, a very no, female Mike, there's not 10,000 people <laughs> you <laughs> could easily I mean, like a normal you band could, concert you could easily organize this maybe 20 30 minutes before everyone goes in the show you're good you just have them all line up by height before they go in and you go i see your point but you can't like break his legs and like hobble him down to like a level like he probably feels bad he's probably self-conscious and he's like i hope i'm not ruining just go this stand everybody. by the back of the soundboard then yeah yeah but you know what I mean? Like, you can see fine. No matter where you are, you can see just fine. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Everyone has their phone up anyways. Yeah. So they're going to watch it when they get home. Yeah. This so. was one of the oh, things that, that bothered me about that. That, that was another pet peeve of mine. Because someone, someone, someone t- I tweeted out a picture or a video, a short video of them playing a rare a rare song that I've only seen them play like once or twice. And and someone's like, I didn't expect that you were going to be one of the guys to take out the phone. I'm like, yo, motherfucker, they haven't played the song in a long time. Choice moments, dude. Like, that's yeah. the thing. You go in, you need to know exactly, all right, I'm going to film this 15 seconds for this memory and that's what I want. Cool. Dude, but then everyone that's taking, what we have these things But then for. everyone taking out that's their phones annoying, for Amber though. and Beautiful Disaster. I'm like, they play these songs every fucking night, people. Let's well, I mean, not everyone's YouTube. been to 22. <laughs> go on YouTube. <laughs> that's, yeah, no one's literally with them every night. Um, that's that's that is actually one of my pet peeves. I was uh, over the weekend. I watched a fight at a bar, and it was a very very crowded bar. So it was one of those instances where you know you have your kind of eye line to the TV that you oh, kind it was of set a up televised fight. Yeah, televised. Okay, fight. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I was like, here Tony's gonna fight Mark. Let's go to the bar. Fucking Tony, he wins every time. Uh, no, so so it was a UFC fight. It was televised at a yeah. local bar, and sometimes I just pop over there for a drink and see it. But it always gets super super crowded yeah. as the main event starts happening. Um, so I've got my little spot, and as the main event is starting, right, as it's, uh, as the people are coming in, you know, you see people kind of getting their phones out and getting ready, and then shit starts going down, they start throwing punches, and every phone starts coming up to record it, and I'm like, you're it, you're watching it. Yeah. Just watch I want, it. I want them sweet vine loops. But that's, and, and I get why that's happening, because people like that, but can we just enjoy 
the moment without having to get another follower from it. That is my only pet peeve. And I know Tim's shaking. I don't even, I can close my fucking eyes. I know Tim's shaking his head right now at me. Um, no, I, but, I agree with you. It's also like you're wa- you're then you're not watching it live. You're watching it through your phone live. Yeah, it's just I don't know. There's there's a commonality, especially for live events, where you're experiencing that with everyone else. And then when you're experiencing, you you already have the buffer of the TV in front of you anyway. Like it's not, if you're at the fucking thing, right? You're in a stadium. You're watching the Islanders shoot the puck against the icing. That's pretty with close. The red line. You're almost there. And they're yeah, look, you hold that stick. They're, look, they just. You're, this that's is how they do, right? C C minus <sighs> description. That's what they do when they yeah. when they win. Um, <laughs> Pass the gym class. <laughs> I, I get that you're at the experience, but you're watching it on a fucking TV, and then you're recording it on another mini TV. So here's what I'll do. You're I'll, so far removed. I'll turn it around. On. I'll turn you around. On, all right. I would tell you about my poppy, my grandfather. Nope. Great guy. World War Two. Get the notepad. Yeah. No. This is this is about to start. World War Two. That great. Mm-hmm. Had in Purple Heart. All that jazz. Great man. Love him to death. You know what I mean. What theater? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, no, he's still in Normandy. Oh, so Europe. Okay. Yeah. Europe. Cool. Um, great man. Love him to death. Mm-hmm. He's long since passed. Right. He did not digitally archive anything he ever saw. So I have no idea what shows he watched or what sporting events were important to him. Maybe it's none of your goddamn business. I want to know. Maybe it's none of your business. All I know is that he used to have to watch soap operas when but Grandma also, was sick, and then I'd much, get him in trouble when I turned it to Batman. How Jesus. much? How much worse would it Normandy have been if it was like, "Hey y'all, about to storm Normandy"? Selfie, click. Like, what is if that coming was now? The Greatest Generation. <laughs> that, that's that's all I'm point. saying. Is that like GoPros? I think I think technology oftentimes gets in, in gets in the middle of actually real experiences. And yeah. I'm not saying it happens all the time. Obviously, you're, it was five seconds. I'm not, I wasn't that heartbroken when they took it out. I was excited to see the fight as well. But at the same time, I'm like, you you have to question how and why you're choosing to experience these things and what they really mean to you. Because if it's just to get that tweet, then you have to, you're not getting the fullest experience out of it, in my opinion, in my opinion. Now, I, I mean, I've, I've done the thing too when like we were, you know, we're, the movie's starting and I've, I'm like, I'm excited to be this movie and I've done it. So I, I'm, I've done this. We're before. all right. guilty. We're all, all guilty, guilty of, of it. it. Sure, but at the same time, you know, I try not to because I'm like, I want to be here and I want to experience. Those this. without sin cast the first stone, Nick. It's true. Yeah. Let me hit you with two more. Go. Uh, we were talking about this at, at when we went to to get burritos before. <laughs> Waiters that don't write down uh, what you're yeah. ordering, and now I appreciate. It's it's the it's dedication not a of the craft. Yeah, it's like yeah. I like your parlor trick. But then sir. they have to go through it, and then they're making mistakes. So they're like, "You first like, one, yeah. first yeah. one." He was like, "Okay, I got it, everyone. Let me just go through it one more time." Uh, <laughs> and you're like, "No, this is not gonna work. This yeah. is not gonna work." So that's just a small pet peeve of mine. That yeah. like, it's like it's not no shame in that taking a note. Smart men take notes. Yeah, Can't you know, take notes. Da Vinci scribbled endlessly in his notebooks mm-hmm. backwards. In fact. Do so did Son of Sam. Son of Sam also took notes. Both did good things for society. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and finally, we talked really about this. Right. We talked <laughs> on the same level, us two. We talked about this already, but I just I noticed this when I was in San Diego, and, and Aaron and I take a lot of Ubers everywhere, and I noticed that like my conversations with Uber drivers when I have to have a conversation with them always are about driving an Uber. <laughs> that's like probably one of my my, yeah. my pet peeves that's actually developing Every, the most right now. Yeah, fucking. Time. Oh, how's it going? Oh, good. Uh, so busy tonight? Like you don't know what to say, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. what's up? You know, and then ten minutes later, you're talking about the fucking business of Uber. This yeah. happens nine out of ten times on an, in an Uber. I've written hundreds of these things now, dude. And I have to do something about. It. We have to have other things to talk about. It's because they all just started. They all every fucking Uber ride I've had in the it's last six rush. months. The guy's like, dude, I'm on. A, this is my second night. How am I doing? And I'm like. So in, in this city right now, just so you know, you haven't lived here in a while. Yeah. You either are riding in an Uber or you're driving an Uber. Right. That's the only two things people do anymore. Right. That's it. Uh, it's it's I feel you on that one. 
because that is completely ridiculous. I also feel like a lot of that's on you, though, because I don't have those conversations. What kind of conversations do you have? Every time I've ever been in an Uber or taxi with you, you start that conversation. Well, we had the conversation in Boston, which that, is I know the one you're thing. talking about. That's, that's a different <laughs> that's a different one. We had this like advers- somewhat adversarial conversation with a cab driver in Boston <laughs> about this time last year during Pax East about how Uber was putting him out of business and how he had a medallion that was worth like $300,000 and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, but you suck. The market kind of speaking. Yeah. Oh, God. We're, we're, it's kind of cold out, so we don't really want to have this argument right now. Yeah, we're really still it. a mile away yeah. from the show. <laughs> and I knew I saw Tim kind of looking a little uncomfortable. And, it's like, oh, God, here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one was my fault. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I mean, pet peeves, I have lists. I, last time we did this topic, I busted out the list. And I still have a million more, but one that caught my eye here is when you start thinking about things that you normally wouldn't really put much thought into for example you're at the movie theater and you pay seven dollars for a soda and you're realizing you're paying seven dollars for that person to pour soda into a cup that bothers me you're not paying seven dollars for the soda you're paying seven dollars for someone to pour soda into a cup how do you feel about paying seven dollars now where they give you the cup and you go to the fancy machine and well that's even i mean that's oh yeah i don't like that either yeah like that's upsetting because then it's like then then you're not even giving me the courtesy of doing it for, for me yeah you're, just, you're 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 not fucking me. You're making me fuck myself. Damn. I don't like I mean, that, that shit. That at all. sounds preferable. I'm gonna throw one out. <laughs> it does. That's true. Yeah. I'm gonna throw one out. That's been happening recently, a lot recently, actually. Since I think Greg pointed it out the other day, we park uh, sometimes in in a space where we have to walk across a medium to get oh, to it. Oh, this motherfucker! And there's always someone. Who thinks they're doing you a solid by stopping in the middle of the road uh, and letting you go? But it's always the last fucking car. Yeah, right. And you're like, just go, just go. You're, you're like, there's go, I'm waving, like, go. Waving, and he's like, and they give you this fucking look. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm doing you such a fucking favor right now because you are walking and I am fucking piloting this automobile. So I am superior to you. I will let you walk in front of me. In I reality, perfectly timed my walk, sir. So my momentum would carry me behind your bumper. I got pissed at someone today. Yeah, oh, nice. Oh, yeah. She stopped and there was a bunch of cars coming and I'm like, I gave her the fucking like jetway, like go go go, and she was like, ah, and she just fucking freaked out, and I'm like laughing, I'm like an asshole. Yeah, that's that's a pet peeve of mine, especially walking around in San Francisco. Like just any any time you have to interact with another car, it's people just fucking lose their minds. They don't understand what's happening. I also have a pet peeve of bicyclists, just in general. Yeah, don't like them, don't get them. I know it's good for you. They blow through stop signs no, and they the complain about getting hit. Yeah. You get it probably a lot I, in New I know, York. Yeah, cyclists. I, I respect the idea of cy- cycling and you want to save money or you want to be healthier yeah, or you want to go to work. It's, but it's always like, what, you know what? My pet peeve is when you have a bicycle and you bring it on the fucking subway. It's like, no, no, no. No, you have transportation. You don't bring transportation on the transportation. <laughs> oh, well, it's far. Well, then fuck, you don't have a bike. I hate it. It's, I always And it's always like someone who could just kick the shit out of me so I don't say anything because I'm sure. a pussy. But like at the same time, <laughs> I'm a coward. But still, it's oh, I'm so mad inside. But I'm like, oh, have a nice day. Yeah. I feel yeah. like vending machines in general, they're just they're always just fucked up. What is that? Vending <laughs> there's always something. Whether it's it something getting stuck, sure. and then you're like, all right, then you have to go through that whole mental thing of like, all right, that Snickers bar, yeah. it was worth fifty cents. Is it potentially worth a dollar? Yeah, yeah. But it might. I might get two out of that. Yeah. Do I need two? Then you have that whole fucking thing. And that's would you pay issue. someone seven dollars to get that Snickers bar for you? Oh my god, no, I would not. I See, would I, I, I'm not. totally opposite with you on the whole Coke thing in the movie theaters. I 
love that I have a, a servant behind that counter that, that I can shit. just pay hundreds of dollars to, and he will fill my diet soda at my bidding. The whole, that. that shit with the uh, serve your own beverage, yeah. that's taking it a step too far. I want you to perfectly tell you know the time they yeah. and they keep going for you. I'm like, yeah, work, work for that fucking money. Mm-hmm. That's my hard earned mm-hmm. dollars, and you're gonna twerk for me. You're gonna Ooh. embarrass yourself for me. You're gonna take your shirt off. So donate to Patreon so Nick can make that happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'll film it next time. Jesus. <laughs> Did I go dark? Yeah, yeah you, said, I, you got real dark. <laughs> Sorry. I also have a pet peeve of just societal norms. Like I don't have like dealing with other people's shit. So it's like. <laughs> You know, I'll go to the bathroom and like I'll pee and it's really fast, but I'll stay there for a little longer because I don't want people around me thinking, man, he pees really fast. So I'll stay there. <laughs> Fuck them. You know, that's no their one problem. would think no that. One no one thought that. Bullshit. That. Bullshit. If I went in and peed as fast as I can pee sometimes, you guys would judge me. I, want you to just, start well, doing I mean, it. how fast are we talking? Go, go right now. <laughs> I don't need to pee right now. That's not how, how, how pee works. But Greg. We, I would just assume you were doing something else like blowing your nose or checking your face or teeth or something in there. Like maybe you're no, not. I'm talking about you're out of urinal. Like there's two, me and you standing at urinals. I faked pee next to you so I've, many times. I've been alive really? 31 yeah. years and I've never been like he peed pretty fast. Yeah, that's because, I don't, that's because do people fake? are faking it. I have. No, but what are you, what are you faking? What faking the pee? <laughs> have you looked into benefit? this? Like, have you looked into this like scientifically? Oh, is there something different? Oh yeah, about there's your stats dick? all over the place. So I, I'm not what did alone. you Google for this? Um, I just the urethra. People just, <laughs> people wide urethras. Gaping urethras. It all just comes out like pours out for one second. It's a half a gallon. Right. <laughs> um, it's like cutting the bottom off of a two-liter jug. This is an interesting one <laughs> with this group specifically because there's a, a lot of uh, people here that do this. But so when you sneeze, like I sneeze once, you guys sneeze like ten bazillion times. Right. I never know how many times to say bless you. Just once, or when the once is fine. But then it's like it's weird if I bless you in the middle of your sneezes because Greg kind of has a rhythm and a pace to it. Nick's are more just like here's one. Here's one, here's one. I'm like, fuck, you got me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have, I have weird allergies right now. I don't know if you guys are noticing that or not, but like in, in your own noses. But no, there's no. been, I have weird, weird, there's weird stuff going on. I think the world's dying. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just think it's dying. I think, it's dying. Sure, sure. I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah probably. It's like that Marky Mark movie. Oh, with Midnight the trees. Oh, is it happening? Yeah, what about, yeah, what about happening. the bees? It's happening. It's all happening. Oh, that was a different No, movie. yeah, I don't like that. I don't like the movie. getting a, th- a bless you after every sneeze. Yeah, like, I, like, I, I'm already embarrassed that this is a thing. Yeah. Can we just can we all just ignore it? For I a don't like right, when right, someone right, right. steals my bless you though, as well. Like, like you know, like three people <laughs> say three people say bless you around the same bless you, bless you, bless you. But like the person turns to the person, they go, like, oh, thank you. I'm like, yo, I said bless you, and I said it maybe half a second first, and you know, I fucking did. I don't like the pressure of having to say yeah, thank no. you for the but don't fucking say bless you. I know oh you God. I know you heard me sneeze. Just let me it is a weird in one, my huh? embarrassment over here that something <laughs> might be hanging out of my nose. Don't fucking acknowledge it. Just stay in your world. You don't care. You don't fucking care. It is that a I weird bless you is still a weird It's a weird society. Very, a very yeah, it's like it's a I would do it if I had the fucking option. It's very if I don't do it, everyone else is gonna judge me and my long peas. Yeah, it's our yeah. short peas. <laughs> Yeah, sure. whatever. It is. What is it? <laughs> the story's changed pieces. a lot. <laughs> I do feel like bless you is, is yeah, I say it every time I hear someone sees always, even a stranger, but I'm like, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, it's yeah. it's about demons coming out of you and shit from the Middle Ages and stuff. But like, yeah. but like, why? yeah, it is true. It's like, why are we even why do we do why, that? Like, we're sneezing. It's just a thing why, your body does. Right. Why do I need the people around me to tell me it's okay to sneeze? You know, I think why it's just do I get an acknowledgement of your weakness. Of my weakness? <laughs> <Your> weakness. <laughs> 
Maybe it is. You sneeze a lot. You and I sneeze, but if we're if that's a weakness, you and I are we're very weak. The weakest people on the planet. We're like the Samuel L. Jackson from Unbreakable. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. They called me Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. <laughs> I put a glove. Oh shit! I broke my hand. Great impression. Thank you. Very, very I do good. an awesome Samuel. On. You do. If yeah. I close my eyes, I'd see Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yes, I'm Nick Fury. That's what I do. Yeah, that's no, that's same. really good. <laughs> you do, do you do commercials when Samuel L. Jackson's not available? I do fill in for Samuel. Do me the what's in your what's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? Spot on. Is it a credit card? It's very close. Very close. Anyway, the, the, the idea that topic was supposed to be weird pet peeves, but then I realized just pet peeves are just pet peeves. Yeah, so, I would like, I would file uh, people being mad about paying too little is a weird pet peeve. I would file uh, Tim's under that. No, that seems like irrational fears. <laughs> That's a different topic. Irrational fears. We could do that later. Yeah, we could do. A, we could do. A My whole, whole life is one irrational fear after the other. So yeah, we do a whole just episode of pet peeves around restaurants, restaurant etiquette, the hosting, not being sat. If your if your entire party is not there, or just sitting there for five ten minutes without anyone even acknowledging yeah. your existence, yeah, yeah, when they yeah. leave the mayonnaise in the sun, oh that's bullshit. That's just dangerous. I know. Yeah, really dangerous. I know. But that's like in Germany. That's some German shit right it's there. Germany. Like, that's some that has Germany yeah. written all over. Yeah, it. when you go to like yeah. Cologne, yeah. and they're Sons just like, bitches. no, there's there's the mayonnaise right there, and it's like yeah. it's turned a shade of purple because it's so this rotten. Never happened to you. Oh. Never happened to me now. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where you can get every show early along with exclusive access perks and other things. If you have no bucks to toss us over there, though, go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny where we post the entire show for you day by day, topic by topic, until the entire thing posts as one big MP3 and video. Mike Drucker. Thank you for having me. We love you. Thank you so much. I love you. Oh, yeah. Everybody follow him on Twitter. Please, at Mike Drucker. Watch The Tonight Show. Watch The Tonight Show, uh, How to Be a Person, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Twitch, Mike Drucker. Oh, yeah. You got it unlocked. Picking up the twi Twitch people thing. Are, you got a Snapchat, Mike Drucker, yet? Yeah. You got it's, it's Drucker Mike, though, I think, on Snapchat. Oh, yeah. No. no. Someone was Mike Drucker already. Sons of bitches. These fucking young kids. That's yeah. the problem. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. Kevin Coelho, uh, my son. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. What would you, what would you do if I was like your biological father? If it's by some Juan? weird happenstance. It'd be great. You were related to me. You came out of my, the tip of my penis. Penis. All right. You were once in his urethra. You were just a little, <laughs> little squiggly tail. Save this for the outtakes. You know going to happen. Yeah. And then, bah, you came into life. What would you do? What would you do? What would you do? <laughs> Changing tense and everything. Right oh, John. <laughs> what would you do?